0: Games podcast for the week of January 7th. This is episode number 131, and this is the Shelved Games of the Year for 2018, where we count down the best stuff that we played in 2018. And I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Chisulo. You and I have been doing this for quite some time. How you doing, my friend? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm Gucci. I, I can't even remember how long we've you and I have been doing Game of the Year. It's been at least like three or four years, I think.
1: It's been a while because I was in my early twenties. I remember <laughs> now. I, I'm turning 31 tomorrow. No, oh, Jesus! Oh.
0: <laughs> Happy early birthday, uh, and Ted, you. you you jumped in on the Game of the Year fun last year. I did, yeah, and it was just a just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we're we're roping in a couple of uh, fresh bloods here uh, for for Game of the Year again. Uh, we've got Amy. How you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Doing well.
0: Are you excited for Game Super of the Year? Strict.
2: I'm sweating over here a bit <laughs> because uh, I, it, I had to cut my list out a lot. So Oh, wow. Um, yeah,
0: nice. <laughs> and uh, we're bringing in our favorite game developer here in Vancouver uh, from Hothead Studios, David.
3: Hey, it's me.
0: I'm back. <laughs> like
3: not, not bearded head. Not bearded. I lost the beard. I lost it. I took it off myself. I didn't yeah. just lose it. Yeah, it's it's kind of
0: like what's his name, Samson, and you've lost all your power.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel I feel weaker, but it's good. I got I got to build it up again. I got to earn it. <laughs>
0: you know, so that'll be that'll be great. Uh, it, it's funny, Amy. You said you had a tough time putting your list together, and I think the rest of us had the opposite problem, where we just didn't play enough games this year to fill out <laughs> a full list.
2: <laughs> what What's funny is I feel like I struggled pr- for probably the first little while because i i knew what my top three were gonna be and then it was like okay but what do i put in four and five because i played a lot of really good games but not for long enough Mm -hmm. that i felt like i they were really just like super deserving of Mm -hmm. the spots Mm -hmm. but at the at the end of the day i was like no i think i've i got my top five yeah yeah Yeah. i
3: think that was i think that was almost my exact experience as well as like the top three i was just like yep i know number one i know number two and then i was like yeah, that's the thing is, like, I just, you know, I'll, I'll play a game and I really liked it, but I maybe only played it for like a week or two or whatever, right? right? It's like, and, and I played tons and tons and tons of, of like mobile games and stuff, but again, I played them for all like five days each. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. okay, I've played fi- which of those 50 mobile games I've played
2: <laughs> do yeah. I
0: feel
3: like
1: yeah. talking about? So.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. Just so yeah. what about you? why did you have such a tough time putting together your list?
1: I just didn't play that many games given that my schedule involves a lot of studying for school stuff now mm-hmm. i'm actually just looking at my list i'm like how many of these games are actually released in 2018 <laughs> yep yeah. same so i i'm shocked that four out of my five games are actually Wait. released in 2018 oh, wow. nice. these games need to be released
4: in 2018 they do
1: they, they do not to be. no oh, okay oh. i was like uh I was like F- <laughs> F- <laughs> <see> you guys <laughs> <laughs> back they, to they definitely three. don't have to be i'm i'm shocked that four of the five games that are on yep. my list are yeah. released in 2018 that surprises me. So
0: so so typically th- these are our personal lists. So they're not games that had to have come out in the year that we're talking about them. Uh so basically, you know, if you if you played something from 10 years ago, but you played it a lot in 2018 and you loved it, that can be your game of the year. Um so so Ted, did you why, why did you have a tough time putting together your list? Was it the same thing just not enough time, not playing yeah, enough games? same thing.
4: Same thing and it's just like there are a few games that I I actually put on the honorable honorable mentions but uh, they were great games. I just didn't, I just haven't played enough of them to really, you know, fairly put them on a top five list. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That's fair. You,
2: you kind of had a lot going on this year though, too, though. You moved, right? And stuff. Yeah.
4: yeah, I was busy too, but I, there's always time for
0: games.
5: <laughs> always.
0: This is lazy. Always time for games. Um, and y- usually we like to do this in December, but we were busy and we did extra life and then people were away and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, we're doing it this, uh, this first week in January here. So we, we, we pulled the community to to find out what some of the best games that they played this year uh, were, and we got a couple of responses. Um, friend of the show and sometimes co-host uh, Megan said uh, she's been obsessed with Warframe, um, and I'm kind of wishing she had gotten into it around the same time that I tried it, because maybe I would have stuck with it. But she has fallen hard into that game Um probably not since something like dota 2 uh so it's interesting to see that she's been playing that uh rx cowbell on our discord said octopath traveler which i've heard really good things about a a pretty deep jrpg um and david you said our friend taylor was real (laughs) into transfer mice (laughs) so here's the thing he said it as a joke
3: it's not a joke though like he is so (laughs) fucking into that game can can you explain what transfer mice is (sighs) oh Can I can I explain the emotional experience of Transfer Mice? Words can't describe it, John. Um, okay, so it's an it's an an MMO platforming game where there will be. Has anybody played or seen uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse? Yes. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it, it, if you're familiar with it, it's sort of like that, and basically, uh, it's site 2D flash game that came out in 2010 and uh, you can just, I think you just find it and play it online. Like it was a browser game. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: uh, so 2d side, side scrolling platformer, uh, you have a start on one side and there is a piece of cheese on the other side. And then, so you have to, as the mouse get from the start, get the piece of cheese, get back to the start. That's the whole game. Except that, You and 50 other people are doing it all at the same time, and you all overlap, so it is fucking chaos, because you're all trying to jump in platform, while, like, 50 other people are also trying to jump in platform, and you don't bump into each other, interact with each other, but it's just, it's chaos on the screen, like, and you're all just mice, like, Mm -hmm. you look the same. So you can't like tell who you are
0: <laughs> That sounds or terrible. anything,
3: and then and then uh, uh, out of that group of fifty people, someone is randomly selected to be the shaman mouse, uh, and the so shaman you just screw mouse. With people, well, uh, you're supposed to help them, but if you <laughs> put a platform above somebody's head as they're jumping, it's going to fuck with them.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> I was gonna say that's very so, ultimate chicken horse. And so
3: Taylor has very seriously like. Uh, like, who even play, what are you playing? He's just like, oh, uh, uh, you know, if we jump on Discord, I'm like, what are you playing? He's like, oh, I'm playing, uh, Transformice. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, Taylor. He's just like, he's like, no, it's really good. No, we've got, uh, we've got a shaman today that's taking it really seriously. It's it's going really well. And I'm just like, fuck sakes, man. Like, what are you playing this game for? It's a, and I, I actually looked into it because I saw, I saw, um, <laughs> the developers of it did a GDC talk this year. Um, about it and I guess it was made by like two people in France on like a, uh, a government um, uh, uh, what am I thinking of not scholarship I don't, I don't know why I can't For think of it grant. grant thank you yeah um, on a government grant and it and they they made that and then turned it into this apparently like really popular like they they had millions of people playing it at one point and yeah, it was just wow, Jesus this random fucking side-scroller flash game MMO platformer with a shaman mouse and taylor has clocked a lot of hours (laughs) playing that game over the last i don't even know how he found it like i legitimately have no idea where he even found that game it's not
0: advertised anywhere like you can't anyway Real, real big in Europe. Um, <laughs> real big in Europe. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for sending that in, Taylor. Uh, also, uh, Amy, your friend Joe Mumbly uh, sent us uh, a quick list. They said uh, Subnautica for its immersive experience and depth of gameplay. Uh, also Slay the Spire, the card game, uh, for towering replayability. And The Messenger, uh, which is also a bit of a side-scroller, uh, for uh, delivered a challenging and rewarding playthrough with some of the best video game writing you've seen in decades. So thanks for that, Joe.
3: Although I would like to point out the... The amazing review for Subnautica for an immersive experience yeah. with a depth of gameplay. <laughs> so you get excited, I'm like, oh, he just, he just yeah. did it.
2: Probably, he did, that he probably he did that on purpose. He probably did that on purpose. Yep. It's part of the reason why he's my best friend. but.
0: <laughs> um, so let's get going. Let's maybe start with some honorable mentions. We'll just take a couple minutes each and rattle off a few honorable mentions that didn't necessarily make our top 5 list here. Um so who wants to start? Cecelia, you got anything in, in your honorable mentions list?
1: Yes. Do I have 2 minutes per game or 2
0: minutes total? <laughs> 2 minutes. 2 <laughs> minutes total. We're we're going to blow through these.
1: Quick All fire. Right, cool. Quick fire. Honorable mention Hitman 2 because mm. I didn't play it enough to actually put it in my top 5 and I actually don't own it. I mostly played it during extra life. Uh <laughs> Nest Classic Edition. Okay. Uh so that came out, I think, 2016, but then they sold out immediately, and so now I, uh, my girlfriend finally got a copy uh one of them, and we've been playing that. That's cool. And Rocket League, because i played that more than anything else, but I refuse to put it in my top five once again. Hey, man, it's
0: your list. You can do whatever you
1: want. I'm not going to put Rocket League in my top five three years in a row. That's not realistic. <laughs> um,
0: Amy, what about you? Hit me with those honorable mentions.
2: All right, I have to mention Stardew Valley, because that's that game still tops, um, apart from PUBG, my all-time hours played in Steam GOG, and on my iPad. I just got an iPad okay. through Stardew Valley on it, and holy cow, it's awesome, it's beautiful, it's relaxing, I love it. Um, Moonlighter, released by 11-Bit Studios just like a few months ago, it's kind of the same art theme as Stardew Valley, but it's a dungeon-delving game, almost kind of like um, Binding of Isaac, if anybody's ever played that. You're a shopkeeper who's moonlighting as a dungeon delver to, like, sell stuff in your shop. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. And um, it's beautiful. And I really like the music's non-invasive. Like, that's one of my favorite things is that it's really cool. Um, And then at the beginning of the year, I played Kentucky Route Zero, Mm -hmm. which was released quite some time ago. And they haven't finished it yet that I know of. But I marathon everything they had until I realized that they hadn't finished it. (laughs) And I was so heartbroken. Yeah. That they hadn't, but it was just, it was so immersive. The mystery is really interesting. You don't really know what's going on. You're just kind of like thrown in and this weird stuff happens. I don't know. It's a really cool game and I'm really excited to see how it goes.
0: I've, I've heard rumors that episode five is supposed to drop this year. So we'll, we'll see if we can finish yeah. that up.
2: It's like six years in the making. I think they started <laughs> in 2013 or something wild like that. And I yeah. was like, there's no way this is not finished. This yeah. is devastating.
0: But uh, yeah. Ted, honorable mentions. Um.
4: Well, PUBG is on there because I used to play that game like a like a fiend. Um, but I stopped playing it like cold turkey like halfway through the year, mm-hmm. and I just hate everything about it. Looking back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's kind of like a bad breakup. Um, seriously, we'll, <laughs> it's exactly we'll form what a support it group. it will be great. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, and the other two um that are on the honorable mention, just because I haven't played enough of them yet, are Celeste and God of War. And they both seem nice. like amazing games so far. Um, I just need to put some more time into them. So. Cool,
0: uh, David. What do you What do you got? Um. Well, I'm I'm just
3: shocked because I can't believe I fucking forgot that I played God of War this year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely now. I have to. I got. I'm gonna have to really quick reorder my list. <laughs> 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 um, oh no. Um, anyway, it, it's definitely not an honorable mention though. So my honorable mentions are. Um, uh, Dawn of War 2, okay. because even though it came yeah. out like 10 years ago, I still play that game every once in a while. It is probably wa- one of, at least, but maybe my all-time favorite game. It's just, mm. it's like RTS Tactics with like some pretty fun, like RPG leveling and equipment systems, and then also Warhammer, and it's yep. just an amazingly fun game. Nice. Um, just staying on that relic train company of heroes too. It's maybe my favorite RTS <laughs> of all time because it's just, um, you know, a lot of RTSs are very, very fast paced. Whereas company heroes is, is this really like slow, methodical sort of like it's about positioning and not necessarily about killing units and, and, um, just about getting your squad together and, 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 and just executing kind of a plan mm-hmm. very, very, you know skillfully which is something that i love about it that's 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 also like 10 years old right also also very old (laughs) yeah also very old yeah i i don't know those games they just keep coming back which is why they i gotta talk about them um Mm -hmm. uh i just uh hitman 2 is actually also on my honorable mention again i um i only played it really at extra life and i've watched a whole bunch of uh uh like let's plays and stuff of it and i just i haven't got around to picking it up but it from what i played even though i played it so bad and there's evidence on the internet of me playing it so bad uh it's just it's a really fun game like it's a game i at some point i need to pick it up because i could see myself really getting into that um another honorable mention is the mobile game arena of valor um which is a mobile uh moba game um it's (laughs) i'm i'm Sorry to say this on here. It's the only MOBA I've ever actually got into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, the, one of the reasons I really love it is actually because it's on the mobile platform. I can just pull out my phone wherever and we'd be like at work in a meeting room waiting for other people to join the meeting. We just like pull out our phones and start playing this MOBA like around the desk or whatever. And so mm-hmm. it was this really like uh fun almost couch co-op version of a MOBA, which was a really fun kind of way to play a game like that because you can literally just like look at the person and talk to them and, and nice. strategize and all that. It, it was a really fun way to play a game like that. Um which apart from actually like getting your computers together for a LAN, you wouldn't really get with, you know, another uh MOBA experience. Um and then my last one is another mobile game, Titanfall Assault, which is a clash Clash Royale style of uh game where you have You know, there's a base and a base and you set your guys and they run towards the base and it's all about countering and like building a a list and stuff like that. But Titanfall Assault, I think was way better. And I was a whale in that game and boy, did I spend (laughs) a lot of money in it. Uh, But uh, the one of the things I loved about that game was just the level design of it. It wasn't just two lanes that you were dropping these units in. Uh, They had they had the lanes, but then also pilots that could go over top of buildings. And so like the act, all the levels were very, very different, not just reskins. And so there was this real, uh, kind of tactical gameplay of, of actually needing p- to position your units correctly and think about, uh, how your units will interact with the environment as well as, uh, the actual unit to unit countering that you'd need mm-hmm. to do as well. And so it ended up, uh, being, I think a much deeper kind of gameplay experience than Clash Royale, uh, RIP though, because nobody
0: else thought so. So it's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, did, did that, that actually use the Titanfall license? Oh yeah, it was a oh, wow. it was a it was an officially licensed
3: like EA Titanfall game. Wow, um, yeah, it, it was. Which I think stylistically, I also just kind of like better than the you know um, kind of light fantasy mm-hmm. clash royale thing that that Supercell has
0: uh, going on. But um, yeah, some yeah. so, so, anyway. some might say baby games for babies. Some might say baby <laughs> games for babies. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, quickly, my honorable mentions, uh, Dota 2, because it is my forever game. Um, and you know, something just as simple as like learning a new hero or a new position, that game can really revitalize it. They've been... Constantly updating it, new patches every, every few months that, that, that make it fresh and new all over again. So, so yeah, Dota 2, I'm going to be playing that game forever. Uh, also a small indie game, uh, called Far Lone Sales. Uh, so this was developed by Okomotive. Um, a really, really beautiful indie title where you're sort of propelling this makeshift land engine across this sort of barren and desolate world. It's, it's really hauntingly beautiful and simple, but I had a ton of fun with it. So people should really check that out. Uh, and lastly, all of the triple a games that i played this year um uh, they all kind of did something really special and unique um god of war kind of had this meta narrative about whether the franchise should be redeemed or not uh titanfall 2 really made me care about uh this mech buddy that that's kind of your companion and, and they did really cool stuff with like time travel and level design uh, Mafia 3 was was so so cool. Um it, it was it was this really flawed game, but it told this this important story about you know racism in the African American experience in in Jim Crow South, uh, Marvel Spider Man, you know, just a lot of fun, really positive, great action game. The movement felt super cool. Um, moving story, a little bit bloated with side quests. Um, and finally, Hitman 2, because it was just more of that sort of hilarious puzzle sandbox that that, that I you know absolutely loved.
1: I wanted to add XCOM okay. too. <laughs> to yep. my honorable mention. They had a nice. they had a, a, a this DLC that they released, and I. I ran it, and I played a little bit of it, but I obviously didn't play it enough to put it in my top five, but it was, it's, really, it's really good. I nice. can't remember what it's called. Can I also put XCOM 2 in my honorable mentions? <laughs> <laughs> but
3: just because you can use the Steam Workshop to make them all stormtroopers. Yes, absolutely.
2: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> okay, who wants to start with number five?
2: Uh, sure, I'll go. Yeah. My number five is Kinseed. <laughs> I talked about this a couple times, I think, on previous episodes, but it was released November of last year by Pixel Count Studios, Mm -hmm. and honestly, that game has quite the pedigree. There's a bunch of former members of the people that um, released Fable, and it was also a Kickstarter game, and that's actually how I heard about it. I had somebody send me the Kickstarter, and they were just like, hey, you'd probably like this, so I backed it, and then I played it probably minute one after it was released on Steam, so it was, I was invested. Mm -hmm. And um, I've only been able to play about four hours. But honestly, that game captivated me from the beginning. Like they have not finished that game at all. It's very rudimentary. There's not a whole lot to it. But what already is there has like, honestly, the structure to make a really good game. And what is there is already like, I'm I really adore and love. It's the music, it's the art, it's, the characters they've already got some mysteries, um, in the game. There's interesting history stuff scattered around too that you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like to me, for 10 bucks, you can't go wrong, it's a pretty great price point. So, yeah. so that's so my number five.
0: I, I think that a lot of people are drawing comparisons to stuff like Stardew Valley in terms of aesthetic, um, even though it's kind of doing its, it's own thing. But like, you mm-hmm. also have like a farm or like a homestead or something, and like, there's something about like different generations so you're not like playing the same character right
2: correct so you start as one character and you do have a farm but there's like there's a village there are other people's farms there's a forest that you can go through there are all of these other characters that have their own connections to the other characters in the world and their own stories and things like that but then when your character like passes away their children inherit the farm Mm -hmm. that you have and your choices made in that character's life carry on to the next generations so it it it, you're playing the long game with this game like it 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 just it keeps going
0: cool um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with that once it's uh, out of early access
2: yeah i agree
0: number five
1: uh number five for me would be overcooked two Developed by Ghost Town Games. Published by Team17. Um, I played... I think you can get it on PC, but I personally played it on my Nintendo Switch. And I liked it because it was easier than the original Overcooked. The... Um, the threshold for getting three stars for a level was lowered so that you're not banging your head against the wall like in the first game where you're just banging your head against the wall constantly just trying to like get two extra burgers out. And it's just, yep. uh, it's just so aggravating. So I played that a lot with my girlfriend and we both liked it. Um, cons for that game, I would say, is just the tension in my relationship when we're playing like it, For sure. She... Uh, my girlfriend likes to like, get mad at me when I mess up the orders. Mm-hmm. She gets really into it, which is fun to see. It's actually really funny to see. So like we were <laughs> like playing it and it was fun for us and we beat it. Uh there was a little bit of a bug we experienced where at the end of the, the final boss, you get all the orders out and then it just restarts the level from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And at first we thought we messed up, but then after at the third time we're like, "No, this has to be a bug." And so I looked it up and it's a it's a known bug where you reach the final boss, and even no. though you finish the level, it just restarts it. But that's not a big deal to me, because it's like, I don't really care about cutscenes at the end. Like, I don't really need the cutscene at the end where they're like, Yay, you did it! Here's, <laughs> a, I don't know, a chef hat. Gold-plated chef really? hat. I don't about <laughs> there was some DLC released. Yep. And that, the DLC was so hard or something, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we're out of practice when the DLC came out, and we just could not beat the levels, but we gotta get back to that for sure well like you said it's a tough game like it's way the second one the second yeah. one the Wait, main game the is good. One, right? the first one is a tough game the thinking second the first one is one. easier but then they released some dlc and we played that and we're just like are we out of practice because we just could not get the stars required to move on <laughs> but i don't think we tried hard enough we'll get, we'll get back to it for sure
0: yeah um I, I think a lot of us played overcooked too did anyone else have any thoughts on that on that game that was that was fun. Yeah.
4: <laughs> me, me and a bunch of friends bought Overcooked 1 on the Humble Bundle that was like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and we we're like, all right, let's play it. And like, there's no online. We didn't realize <laughs> that. So we all just have Overcooked for like <laughs> no oh, reason. I oh. But no, I, I agree. The second one was a little bit easier, but it just made it more easy to progress and just like mm-hmm. enjoy the game, you know?
1: I didn't spend any time explaining what Overcooked is. I just realized. Um, for those who don't know, Overcooked is a game where you're in a kitchen. Uh, each level is a different kind of kitchen with different recipes that you have to put together, like cook some fish, put it in on a plate with some rice and then serve it to the customers and then wash the dishes when they come in. And you have to work as a team because the restaurant will shift. i not the restaurant. The kitchen will shift while you're cooking oftentimes and makes things difficult. And you might be segregated. So one player can only wash dishes and collect plates and serve dish, uh, serve, uh, Meals mm-hmm. while someone else will, can only do all the chopping and cooking and blah 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 blah. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, th- I think they added some interesting mechanics as well, like different portals and things. And like you said, just the, the levels became, I think, more interesting in, in, that, in that sequel. And yeah, they, they, they really refined their, their formula for, from that first game.
1: The ability to throw ingredients across the kitchen is <laughs> massive. Game changer. <laughs> game changer, absolutely. <laughs> okay. um, Ted, hit me with
4: your number five. Um, originally, <laughs> I had it as Counter-Strike, but then everyone was just like, I'm not putting my favorite game on the list, so I'm like, alright, well, I'll that out. Um, but really, like, realistically thinking about it, um, Jack uh, The Party Packs, And five so i'm just gonna kind of blanket all the jackbox uh party packs um yeah it was surprisingly fun and it was fun to play you know with my family when we were in holidays in montana like we mm-hmm. just threw it on the big screen and, like we all just played this game together and like the last time i played a video game with my mom was probably GoldenEye split screen in like oh,
2: wow.
4: whatever, wow. <laughs> whatever whenever that was um so yeah i i absolutely love that game i love that it's you play off your phone so everyone in the room basically you know everyone has a phone so everyone has a controller to play it with you uh so that's pretty cool um what else do i have here oh lots of variety there's like four or five games uh for each one mm-hmm. so if you kind of got bored of one you can just switch over to the next game and keep going um yeah, yeah that's basically about it um a lot of originality in, in each game so yeah that was pretty cool
0: yeah I I always love doing that for for extra life because you know we you can have like eight people in a room get involved with, with the same game and even people watching at home get involved as well right they, they just like type in a quick code and, and all of a sudden you're playing together mm-hmm. and it's always it, it, usually you'll find like one or two games in those bundles that everyone really latches on like I know when we were doing extra life it was the um whatever that one is where you come up with, like, a blueprint or, like, a, a plan or, or a gadget. The one. Yeah, that you have God, to, like, pitch it to, to the room. That was yeah. so much patently fun. Patently stupid. Patently stupid, yeah. Patently stupid. Yeah, that, yeah, patently stupid. yeah we, we had a blast with favorite. that. Yeah, um, that was great. But, uh, but, yeah, so it can be as, like, wholesome as, as the group is <laughs> or as raunchy as your group is, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and it's, de- it's definitely more fun with alcohol, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is about
3: have you guys played the one tko where you mm. design t-shirts yeah. yes yeah that one i have never had that one not go to a super just dark <laughs> like Ron <raunchy laughs> play every, every different group i played it with it goes dark real quick <laughs> i would
1: not have expected
3: that with t-shirts <laughs> yeah. people just get really like surrealist and
4: stuff yeah. and it's
5: yeah <laughs>
4: yeah because that's the one where someone comes up with a name and then the other person
3: makes a drawing for it yeah everybody makes drawings everybody types in as many slogans as they can think of and then other people get a selection of yeah slogans and drawings and you put them together in whatever way right
0: Right.
3: uh david number five um my number five is uh ea's star wars battlefront 2
0: surprising okay. no i'm what, a shocker. At me, what man. a shocker the guy who's, who's designed loot boxes in the past is totally cool with star wars battlefront 2
3: <laughs>
0: <Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba>. um,
3: <laughs> uh, for, for real though like the the uh i didn't interact with the loot boxes at all really mostly because they took them out yeah, over some over a you know like a like a like a little you know hint of backlash or whatever um there's some sort of some sort of like online uh, uh, um, anger <laughs> over that game, but um, I maintain that at the end of the day. Uh, I, so I got the game. Um, I've played it a ton, and it is aside from all of that stuff that happened around its launch and stuff. It's actually a super fun game. Mm-hmm. Um it is just a it's a chill kind of arcadey shooter sort of game. Um but the thing that I really latched on to is the Starfighter Assault. Um because it's the closest to Star Wars Rogue Squadron that I've got in a very, very long time. Ooh. Basically. It's um it is like it the game itself is I mean it's it's made in their like frostbite engine. So they, the game just looks amazing, right? Like, and the sound quality is, is so great. Like when you jump in, you feel like you are flying an X-Wing and shooting down TIE fighters and that gameplay, um, they, it, yeah, it just feels very good. You, um, it's got this real, like, it's very simple to play. Like it is, it's not like a flight sim. Like you're not, you know, uh, controlling a lot of it, it is, it is a real arcadey kind of game, but it's just, uh, I just played round after round after round just shooting down TIE fighters because it just felt so good to do that and it was such a kind of uh real like fantasy fulfillment sort of a thing and and Battlefront was really really good for that um and once they once they kind of slowed down on that loot box thing um they uh you know, they're really focused on releasing skins and kind of new game modes and stuff. And and there's some small group of people at EA working on this game that really, really just love the game mm-hmm. because they they released a bunch of little game modes here and there uh, that were these limited time things, but they were just super fun. Like they, re- they released this Ewoks versus Stormtroopers game mode for a while <laughs> around Halloween. Yeah. And it was... It was, uh, it was an infection game mode. So, like, two people started as Ewoks and everybody else started as Stormtroopers. Oh, my gosh. And if an Ewok killed a Stormtrooper, they became an Ewok.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. And, mm.
3: and from the Stormtrooper's perspective, it's pitch black nighttime on Endor and you have flashlights on your gun. And, like, it's pitch black. You can only see what your flashlight illuminates. Right. And your flashlight runs out of batteries. Okay. And... Oh and you all you can see is the ewoks like glowing eyes in the dark it's legitimately fucking terrifying <laughs> oh to play God. this game so they just made a and, horror game from, with ewoks <laughs> they did and it was so funny and it was such a like well made little game and like there's a there was a whole bunch of things like that in this game that of course nobody saw and nobody talked about because nobody was playing that game mm-hmm. this is my first of hearing it exactly and so and and they did do stuff like that. And, supo- and so there, that's what I mean is there's some group at, at EA who was, who was supporting this for like the small group of, of fans that was still playing it. And they, and they were really just trying despite the fact that I'm pretty sure it's not making, nor did it make a ton of money. So like it's not a really good return of investment on them putting any effort into that game, but some, somebody in that, in that, Studio is still putting some stuff out and, and it is a little stuff like that that are just these, like, really, like, if you're a fan of Star Wars, like, an Ewoks versus Stormtroopers mode is something that would be just kind of this hilarious, kind of <laughs> delightful sort of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And, and, and they did a lot of stuff like that. And, and yeah, I, you can just jump in and play and, and, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, there's a peak of like 500 players playing it every day. <laughs> so oh my it's not. God. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you kind of have to go on and see um, what today's game mode that people are actually queuing up for right. is, because you just won't. It's like, oh, today we're not playing Starfighter, or so because there is not the population to do that, right. so we're going to play this game mode, kind of That's thing. Rough. Which sort of sort of dampens it. But if I I have a feeling that like if not not that I'm saying that people were wrong for like lashing out at that. Obviously, there was there was some uh real like legitimate feelings and concerns about what was going on with that game but i just i do wish that more people had ended up playing that game because i think a lot of people if they had given it a chance they would have come around Mm -hmm. on it i think
0: well you 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 mentioning the Starfighter assault stuff really piques my interest because i was obsessed with the rogue squadron games like on all of them that they put out like on the n64 and then eventually on the gamecube and whatever else like i ate those games up and uh, i would love to have that type of experience again
3: Yeah, like I, um, when I played the, yeah, the Starfighter Assault mode, um, uh, I just, it just made me want so, so much more just of that mode. And Mm -hmm. I, I I hope and I beg and I plead everybody that I know at EA to please, please, please just take that and
0: make a full game. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, cool. Anyway, that's my number five. Uh, So my number five is a small indie platformer uh, from Nomada Studio and was published by Devolver, and that is Grease. So, G R I S. Um, so, th- th- there might be some recency bias with this because I just played this game last week, but it was absolutely stunning and really, really moving. It is, it's, it's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. And if you, I, I urge everyone to watch the trailer for it because it looks like a beautiful watercolor painting. And you being able to manipulate that and to move through that watercolor painting is just, just surreal and it's fascinating. Um, and so, so you play this, uh, you, you know, young woman who seems to lose her voice. And really, the whole thing is, is almost, I think, a metaphor for, uh, depression and grief. And it's, it's, it's just really, like I said, moving. There, there are a lot of really great emotional beats with that game. And what you're actually doing is platforming and it kind of starts simple. And, gets progressively more complex and it's not like super challenging like a meat boy or something like that but but it it gets to a point where where it feels challenging and rewarding when you figure out small platforming puzzles um and also a really cool thing that they do with this sort of watercolor world is it starts really bleak and blank and every sort of quote-unquote world you discover a new color and it it, it imbues the world with that color again. So you start really, like everything's really stark and then you discover red and then you see uh, splotches of, of red and, and certain features will be colored red and then you discover blue and then all of a sudden the blue will be mixed in with the red and it's just really, like I said, just gorgeous, beautiful and, and I really think people shouldn't sleep on this game because uh, it, it only takes a few hours to get through and it's it's absolutely um, staggering what, what they were able to do with, with their art style and everything else. Cool. Yeah.
1: I'm look, I'm looking at it right now and I love this I don't I don't, I don't want to call it the poster but I can I don't know what else to call it.
0: Yeah, so, sort of like the I cover like the art or the thumbnail or whatever.
1: Yeah, the cover art. I'm loving this. This looks great. Add that to my list. Yeah, for
0: sure. Uh, let's move on to number 4. Amy, what do you got for us?
2: I have for number 4. This is actually something I played recently um as well. Number 4 is The Forest. Uh, this was a- released initially in May, 2014 by Nite games. And I think we just talked about this recently coming out of early access. Like they've released it. Um, and honestly, this game completely snuck up on me. I don't remember like ever really being all that interested in it, but people had told me to put it on my wishlist. And then I saw it on the winter sale and was like, eh, whatever. It's like $13. Let's just get it. And then I jumped in with my best friend, Joe Mumbly and we put eight hours into that game, in just a couple days, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's really cool. You kind of, like, I'm spoiling nothing, because this happens literally as soon as you launch the game, but you crash in a plane with your son, and you're on the, in this, like, weird place, you don't know where anything is, you don't really know what's going on, and you kind of just have to survive, all the while finding, like, everybody else that was on the plane, your kid, um... And there's these cannibalistic monster people, like, hunting you down. Right. So, there's that whole component. But I think what really got me was just how beautiful that game is. Just, it's it's really pretty. Like, everything, like, every single area in that game is, is gorgeous. And they did a really, really great job with it. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of it was probably ziplining from a cliff down to a beach. That was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's cool,
0: but it's like a survival slash crafting game, right? Slash yeah, slash horror too. At night, man, that is yep. scary.
2: <laughs> it's fucking scary.
0: Yeah, because because Ted, you've played it
4: too, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing it for a while. I always like pick it up like once a year just to see what they've updated, yeah. and they always have like a bunch of new more content. But yeah, it gets scary. Like I can't even play that game by myself. <laughs> I need to play multiplayer because at night you're just like I need you to like.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was my mistake. So I, I played peaceful mode with Joe and we put a lot of, because we were just trying to like figure out how everything worked. And then it just got to the point where we were just like, well, there's really no point in turning monsters on now because we have this really fucking awesome tree fort. So like, let's not ruin this. And then I went and played by myself with monsters on and yeah, yeah no, <laughs> do not recommend. Play with friends, play with yeah. friends, hundred yeah. percent
4: it's also interesting like as nights progress the monsters get stronger and stronger and then they actually start to change like shape and they become these yeah. different monsters and yeah i won't spoil anything but man that it's good gets
5: it's good nice yep.
4: crazy cool uh just number four
1: uh my number four is mario plus Rabbids kingdom battle Developed and published by Ubisoft for Nintendo. I don't know. I like it. It's kind of like Nintendo's... uh, The closest thing I've seen on Nintendo, uh, I would say, is XCOM Lite. Mm -hmm. Having said that, they do have certain things, certain mechanics in the Mario plus Rabbids game that I do think the developers of XCOM have even stated saying, like, I never even considered doing stuff like that. And that might be good to add in future games. Um, Because what happens is there's only two... I don't know. There's three states. It's either 0% chance to hit, 50% chance to hit, or 100% chance to hit. That's it. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is kind of like, it's kind of like a puzzle. So you have to figure out where do I have to place my characters in order to maximize damage and avoid damage, uh, towards my team. Um, I guess for me, it, I played a lot of it. My biggest, Dislike about that game was just camera control when you're moving around the world. Like when you, you move around the world, when you get to a battle, then it's a whole different type of camera angle. But like when you're walking around trying to find little secrets and stuff, like the camera control is terrible. And I just don't, I just don't know why in 2018 I can't (laughs) use like one of my joysticks to move the camera around. It's just so stupid, Uh, stupid. But you know, I enjoyed it. It's like, it's really interesting. You can upgrade your weapons. Your character's strengths and this close, close quarter combat and there's long distance. Luigi is great for sniping. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's my favorite personally. Yeah. And the movement is good too.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think that game specifically, along with some of the stuff that they're doing on mobile, really shows that Nintendo is at a point where they're kind of willing to relax their grip on their IP. Like letting Ubisoft yeah. use like Mario characters is fucking wild. It's interesting, for sure.
1: Um, I don't know. It's mostly just a puzzle, and you just figure it out. When you meet new enemies, there's... Is there a fail state? There might be a fail state. I don't know if I've seen it, because I'm so good. (laughs) (laughs) But for the most part, you know, you meet a new enemy, and then you have to figure out, okay, how do I work around this, and how do I avoid their attacks and stuff like that? I I really enjoyed it. It's a Mm -hmm. game that you can play... You know, 20 minutes of and then put it down and then pick it up like three days later and it's it's all good.
0: Nice. Ted, number four. God, I feel
4: bad that I'm even saying this, but I'm going to say <laughs> uh, Rainbow Six just because it's not like an interesting top four. But Rainbow Six, uh, I played a lot of it, especially earlier this year um, with Matats. You know who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a nice change uh, from CSGO. There was a lot more. Um, versatility with what you could do with like the meta of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just basically being good at aiming, you had to worry about, uh, destructible walls and, and gadgets and, and character, uh, uh, I guess skills. There was like a lot of things to, to take into account and get better at, which I really liked. Um, and yeah, and I definitely had more fun playing with friends that we could all talk on Discord and like actually have, uh, implemented strategies and everything. Mm-hmm. so yeah and like i don't have a lot to say about it i just yeah that was, yeah. It was it was a fun change from csgo and it was
0: fun to play with friends cool well i well, I, I do have a lot to say about that game so i think let's we'll, we'll talk All about right. it a lot later from now <laughs> i was about to say i also have more to say and it is later you're on my list <laughs> perfect um so so david hit me with that uh number four number four um assassin's Creed Origins.
3: that ubisoft and i i have to put it on this list as one of my top games for a real simple reason it is the first open world game that i have ever in my life actually finished Mm. like i have never in my life played it because you always just you just get add after a while it's like you're 50 hours into some open world game and and then another game comes out and you just never go back to it i came back to this game um many times um many many times because it took me about a year to finish it but it, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh but i did i finished it and i was glad that i did honestly in the end um it's uh like i used to be a huge fan of assassin's creed games like a, right from the original one on the on the xbox Um and and it it, it was such a you know great game back then because it was this kind of Unique thing of it's this open world, and here's this person you have to kill, and you kind of just shoot, you just kill him. Like there's no like real cutscene or anything. Just figure out a way to kill this guy, and it was kind of puzzly in that way. And I feel like over time, a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, while they did a bunch of other unique things, they kind of lost that you can just approach this situation how you feel like it. Like the guy is just he's there find a way to get there and find a way to kill him. And however you do that is fine. But like they, I feel like they were kind of losing that it became a little bit more cut scene-y or at least um like maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't forced, but just through the level design or like the things that they added in that situation, you really had to kind of do it in a certain way. Right. And I feel like this game really brought back um, that more way more open approach of there's a guy over there and figure out how to kill him. Right, like that's just up to you, and in whatever way you feel like doing it. Um, me, being the little scout sniper RPG person I am, it's from a mile away with a bow <laughs> almost every time. But that was fine. That's how I wanted to play, and I was able to do that because the game was open and it allowed me to do that. Um, uh, I have a lot of notes here. Sorry. Okay. Um, the, the, uh, uh, just just as far as like the open world aspect of that game goes. Um, the, like, ga- this game and games like this, like, get me excited and, and like, get me thinking about being a level designer and a mission designer and actually like making games and stuff because a game like this is, I think, I think would be absolutely delightful just to work on. Um, uh, mostly because I, I love, the little stories like there there is this major overarching story but it's like oh you're a good guy and they're bad guys and just fuck them up i guess like it you know typical major storyline like there's more details but it never really uh brings me in that much but in a game like this there's just so many like little small stories right like the the you can go around in this world and you can encounter things somewhat randomly or or by chance right you know like i there's one of, one of the like missions air quotes that stands out in my mind in this game is like you, I came across this woman um, whose husband was missing and I just said, oh, okay. And I, you know, got the quest from her and, and looked around for him a bit, but I never, I never found him. So I was like, whatever, maybe I'll do the mission later yeah. or something and I continue on. And then hours later, I'm running my horse through the desert and I see what I think is a mirage. And then as I get closer to it, it it turns out to be this like skeleton of a guy, you know, against, you know, leaning against this tree. And I walk up and, and you know, click on the thing and I get this little note and it's her husband and he just got lost in the desert somewhere. And so my mission was just to go back and tell her what happened to her husband. And it's such a tiny little inconsequential mission, but it's such a it's like little little details like that make those worlds really feel alive. And like there's things going on that don't involve you in any way. And and. And it's just, like, kind of the perfect example of, like, the design goal of surprise and delight mm-hmm. when it comes to the players, right? And and games like that, are and this game in particular, is full of stuff like that. Um, so, it is just delightful to play the game and to talk to people and to, like, kind of be a part of this world. And and you can really get lost in it. And And that's one of the things I really loved about it. And also, this game... Um, this game was like a revamp for the series in general. Like it's a new combat system and a new gear system and all this kind of stuff. And so it just did give this really, um, like it needed to, because it was this old system that they were using of just countering in this kind of limited combat that forced kind of you to approach your situations in a certain way after a while. But they opened it up and you can, you know, you get weapons and gear and stuff in a, pretty typical rpg way of like you get random drops and they have you know a damage stat that they'll roll mm. or whatever and uh you know you actually have a skill tree that you can upgrade in your whatever you know branch you feel like going and all of those branches are viable and all of the weapons you feel like using are viable it is really like a, just what choose your power fantasy basically <laughs> kind of a game right and and that and it was fun and that was uh yeah, it, it just at the end of the day, I think it was just this really like, you know, complete sort of experience
0: uh, that I felt really, really great about playing once I was done with yeah. it. Yeah, I've 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 been kind of mixed about like whether I want to check out Origins or whether I want to check out Odyssey because I I hear a lot of split sort of uh, debate on on both those games. Like you know, they definitely have their their. Uh, you know, positives, and, and they also have a few negatives here and there. Um, but like, I have an affinity for like ancient Greece, but I also feel I, I also hear that that game is significantly a lot more bloated than Origins is. So I, I'm like yes. really hesitant about like which one I want to check out.
3: So I have only played a f- I have only played a few hours of Odyssey. Like it, I'm only twelve hours in, so it's like pretty <laughs> early in the game yeah. uh, for a game like that, and. So far, I don't think I'm gonna like it as much as Origins. It does, it does, it does a bunch of things that at surface level seem like a natural progression from Origins, but that add a layer of gameplay that I don't necessarily, I don't think it, like, it doesn't add necessarily positive gameplay. Like, I get lost in that game a lot. Right and I just can't, like, you have to actually talk to people and, like, gain clues to where your next objective will be. But those clues are so vague that they, so far as I've seen, they almost do as much to lead you away from your objective as Mm. they would to lead you towards an objective. And maybe that's just a couple of the missions that I've got so far, but when those are the first few missions you're getting, you know, you'd think that those would be the ones that really, like, kind of hold your hand a little bit so i'm a little bit concerned about like later in the game if you know it's yeah okay it's like it's an island to the south it's like well you're in greece there's a lot of
5: islands (laughs) to the south
3: yeah
0: that's fair you know it's uh well yeah anyway yeah sounds sounds like i might have to check out ancient egypt sometime in 2019 here um, but, uh, something I was, uh, spending or someplace I was spending a lot of time in 2018 was my farm in Stardew Valley, uh, which yes. is my number four game. Um, so I called it Firelink Farm because I've been affinity for Dark Souls. I named most of my animals after, uh, Dota heroes. Um, I think I called my horse Solaire after Solaire of Astora in Dark Souls. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can do a lot of, uh, customization in that game, but I, stardew Valley was only on my honorable mentions list last year because i didn't really spend a ton of time with it but this year i i went deep i streamed it a bit but specifically what i would end up doing is i would wake up i would boot up stardew valley and i would play like one or two days while i was having like my tea or coffee to wake up and i played so fucking much of that game like i saw everything i did everything i maxed everything um you know i got married i had a baby and like it's just it's such a cool relaxing game and just like the, the 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 again we've talked about Stardew Valley a ton on this show uh you know developed by Concerned Ape Eric Barone so one guy you know was published by Chucklefish um but the fact that he put so much care and detail into every aspect of this game is just it's it's beautiful and it, and it's overwhelming and it's but but like it's overwhelming in a good way you're just like oh there's so much for me to do there's so much cool things for me to specialize in it's just like oh if i just want to fish all day i can do that if i just want to take care of my cows and chickens i can just do that or specialize in crops or specialize in mining and it's it's just such a fun relaxing game and and once you sort of realize like oh if if i run out of time to do something today it doesn't matter i'll do it next i'll do it tomorrow <laughs> you know or if i miss something this season it doesn't matter i'll just get it next season it's just it's it's the best chill-out game that I've played in a very, very long time, and I had nothing but, like, positive vibes every time I would boot that up, and I'd hear the opening theme and just run around town, say hello to the villagers, and it's it it was probably one of the most positive things about 2018. Um, I don't know, because I think a lot of other people have played Stardew. Does anyone else have, have thoughts on that game? I will soon.
2: I, that, that game, the only reason that game didn't make it into my top five is because I feel like anytime somebody asks me what's a great game to get on Steam for, like, not that much money, I immediately say Stardew. I have it on Mm. three platforms. Yeah. I play it (laughs) everywhere. Like, that game is my ride or die, but I can't put it in my top five because I always talk about it, so it's <laughs> what, not new. What
1: three platforms do you have it on?
2: I have it on my iPad, which I right. love because I can commute to school and play Stardew. I have it on Steam, and I have it on GOG, so I have it on, like... Ah, nice. Yeah. I can even play cool. it on my phone because I own it on my iPad. Like, <laughs> that's so nice. Cool. I have it on
1: my Switch, and I should play it more. Yeah.
2: I'm going to get it on the Switch, shamelessly. I will own it yeah, four I was- times.
1: I was waiting till I got
3: a switch to get Stardew because I like I I could play it on PC but I have a feeling
0: that that's just going to be my switch game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> if people are like turned off by like the simple aesthetic or art style or like oh a farming game that doesn't sound like fun like give it a shot. Give it a, give it like 30 minutes, give it an hour and you'll be instantly in love with that that title. Um it's, oh God, I just, it's so much fun. Like, I, I'm kind of speechless at this point. I'm like, what what else can I say about this game? It's just like, it top to bottom, it is just such a well-polished, positive package. There's so much to discover, so much to do. Um, and I-, I, I i've been like hesitant to start over again i'm just like oh i don't know if i'm gonna start because my farm's so good i got all my do tools it. upgraded and i got i got this fucking deluxe barn where it feeds my animals yeah. for me and like <laughs> anyways let's do a team farm if you're
4: gonna start over yeah
0: now mm. you gotta
2: you gotta start over because the magic is still there like yeah. you replay it a thousand times and it's still there that's so. right that's but you only had one baby. That's my question. You only had one <laughs> baby. You can have two babies, John. Just go for it. Have two babies. Buy into American consumerism. Come you know what's also like fucked? Two doves. Yeah. You know
0: what's also fucked up in that game? Yeah. Exactly, Ted. You can like you find this secret shrine, and if you like give the, the right thing, you can turn your kids into doves and ne- ne- never had kids. It's so <laughs> fucked. You can- get <laughs> what huh? yeah. actual kids? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. spoilers. I guess spoilers. <laughs> you can have kids in Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah, yes. and, then, and then if you don't want <laughs> them, you just turn them into doves.
2: That's hilarious.
0: Um. Anyways. Anyways. All right. Let's let's get to number three. We're, we need to we need to start burning through some of these. Um. <laughs> all right, Amy. What's your number three game?
2: I'm gonna jump into hot water as well for games that people don't like. Uh, my number three for 2018 was No Man's Sky. by hello games and that was in august of 2016 but i would argue that it didn't get good until over the summer of last year and i honestly i'm ready to get heat for this one but i have 80 hours into it so unless anybody can top that um you don't get to talk shit and uh yeah we're just gonna go with that so um my main reason for picking this up was because i adore sandbox Style survival games. I really like them. That's kind of my thing. I found out, um, especially like in the last year. And I've been playing like a ridiculous amount of Minecraft with friends. We had a modded server. We all played like a couple hours every night together. And then everybody kind of just like dropped off, got busy with other stuff. And I was just like, well, okay, what's the next big thing? Like, Minecraft isn't fun by myself anymore, so I gotta figure this out. So I went and picked up No Man's Sky. It was on sale for, like, a little under half price. And from the second I launched that game, I was like, oh, man, this is gonna be my new shit. Like, I'm not gonna put this game down. It's gonna be great. And, yeah, like, I literally blasted off from, like, the planet I started on, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm putting some hours onto this. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And then, like, in the... Like in the first week, I logged like 20 hours after Bash went to bed. Wow. Like a couple hours a night, yeah. So, um, I think the main thing I like about that game is probably the multi multiplayer aspect that the next update gave us, um, and that was over the summer of last year. And. We I've played with probably a good handful of friends now, so it hasn't been just, like, the same people, but it's been different planets, different galaxies, um, and different, like, biomes and things like that, and each time I find something new that I like, so it's been really fun for me. And we build built some, like, ridiculous things. We've made bases that kind of resemble certain aspects of the male anatomy, and we all had a <laughs> chuckle about that, so... That was fun. Terry
3: legs. As, as you do. <laughs> yeah, we,
2: we thought it was great. I mean, they give you, they give you like round rooms and square rooms and like, what else are you supposed to do with that? Then, you know, so we did that.
3: Dick. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> Just,
2: they did. It was planned, obviously. Uh, makes sense. I, I, tra- I
0: tried getting into No Man's Sky, especially after the next update. And I don't know, I may put like 10 hours into it. I, I gave it like a fair shake. I think um, mm-hmm. what I found is that the onboarding in that game is really terrible. Um, they, they, even though I've heard that it's much better than it has been in the past, they do a really bad job of explaining systems and explaining, uh, what you need to be doing next. And theoretically, you know, it's supposed to be open so that you can do whatever you want. But, but I also feel like it's very directionless and like, Mm -hmm. so unless you have someone there sort of holding your hand being like, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. It, it's it's also it also gets to a point very quickly where it's overwhelming they introduce i think way too many systems because they've kind of built no man's sky on the skeleton of what it was a couple of years ago and you know what it is today um so, so i think it's it's just kind of muddled at least for new users to to hop into that game uh but to be fair it's like fucking gorgeous now and like yep. there there is this surreal feeling of being able to launch from a planet through the atmosphere into the galaxy um, and it's it's really really stunning
2: yeah it's it's absolutely breathtaking the first time you launch into space because i d- I didn't realize like until I launched into space that first time I did not realize just how freaking tiny I was until I looked around and was like there's like five other planets and it's mm. gonna take me ten <laughs> minutes to fly to that one and five minutes to fly to that one and, oh there's a space station and I agree with you about the onboarding and I think that that was something that I struggled with when I first started playing, too. But once you kind of, like, bang your head against it, which I really like doing in games. I don't like being, like, spoon-fed. Um, but once you, like, kind of bang your head against it, it's like, oh, okay, this all makes sense now. Yeah. So, um,
4: and really quick, like, not to go over time, but, like, sure. is it the exploration part or is it the building part? Or, like, what's the biggest catch for you in that game?
2: Yes, it's uh Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. i think for me when i'm looking at survival games i want to be able to make it my own so if i can't build my base exactly the way that i want it that's a little frustrating if i can't like this was one thing that really got under my skin that i hated about no man's sky you can't color your ship you can't repaint it. Like it's just one color and I don't know why that makes me so mad, but like I just want it to be green. I don't want it to be red. And yeah, but I think it's it's a lot of things mm. about that game. I think it's the the beauty of flying around. I think it's being able to customize your base. I think that the expo- exploration and frankly just like gathering resources is really relaxing to me. Like I would just throw a podcast in and go farm resources and Mm -hmm. i don't know that was i spent a lot of time that way so cool cool highly recommend and frankly like i'm really really proud of hello games for just being like well here's all this backlash let's push out this update anyway
0: yeah for sure Mm -hmm. and just keep keep trucking along and keep working on it
2: yeah yep
0: uh number three
1: number three super smash bros ultimate Developed by Bandai Namco and Sora Limited. And published by Nintendo. This game is probably higher on my list than it should be. Because I didn't get this game until Christmas. So I've only been (laughs) playing it for like a couple of weeks. But I I just love Smash Bros. I've been playing Smash Bros. since uh, the N64 version. When me and my brother would rent it from um, Blockbuster. And (laughs) stay up all night playing it. And so I just keep getting it. Uh, So what I love about Smash Bros. is I just like... I like how many characters they have in this version and all the love. They have so many levels. The graphics are just better than they were before. And it's just Smash Bros. I just love Smash Bros. It's hard for me to like <laughs> say what is so great about it. I love the training mode because you can slow the speed down to like half speed, quarter speed, whatever. And that really, really helps with mastering some of the movements um my cons i guess it's that i don't really feel like it's that different from the previous game to be honest Mm -hmm. that i had on the 3ds it doesn't feel that much different in terms of mechanics and that kind of stuff and i hate items i don't play with items that's that's some suck of shit. <laughs> oh, we got, we, we got ourselves Woo. a purist over here. <laughs> Absolutely. I play Woo. with items when I play with someone who doesn't know how to play Smash because then they have at least a chance to maybe beat me because, you know, they could just <laughs> pick up an item that would blast me off the map. But generally speaking, yeah. no items. So uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm maining, I guess. I was going to say, who, who are you maining? Who are you maining these days? <laughs> I'm maining uh, Link and Samus as per usual. Since the N sixty four days, you just gotta go with your main staples. Link's
3: Link's uh, bomb that you can choose when yes. to detonate it is
1: the yes. best Agreed. thing to happen in Smash. That'd, okay, in that is very that long is a time. change. In the three DS version, it's just a regular bomb, but in the uh, the Switch version, it's one of the bombs from Breath of the Wild. Yeah, one of those blue. Bombs. I
2: was gonna say, uh, I wonder if it's a carryover.
3: Yeah, it for sure is, but but as a, as a fellow Link main, I can tell you, I. <laughs> That is a big old. It's a big change, just being yeah. able to detonate those bombs. When you got somebody off the map, and you just throw a bomb after them and wait, oh, I love that. <laughs> and then love just it. drive them into the ground because you tossed a bomb on their head, feels real good. Nice. Yeah,
1: I'm a fan. I just, I'm just yeah. a Smash Bros fan. I, when I saw the trailer coming out, I'm like, I'm obviously going to get this. There's no situation I see myself not picking this up, and I did it, and mm-hmm. it's now yeah. number three on my list, but probably should be five. <laughs>
0: That's fair, that's items fair. Items
1: are are 90% of my <laughs> skill in that game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, if we play, just, just better 10. be prepared to. It's funny, I actually saw a really funny post that was like, actually, items and level shit, that's the way Smash is meant to be played, because that's the way the game is designed, and and like, tournament type folks who are like no just like nothing on the level no items they're the ones who are actually breaking the rules and are like playing smash the wrong way it's the first thing i do you set
1: up you start up the game you turn off items (laughs) Wrong.
0: Um, okay ted hit me with uh, number three
4: man this has been a game i got it off humble bundle i didn't think i was gonna like it but i fucking love it now uh construction simulator 2015 (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, my friend got, he's like, dude, just get it. It's like a dollar. Like, just play with me for a little bit. It'll be fun. I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is not my kind of game at all. Whatever. It's a buck. So I threw it in, loaded it up. And oh my God, it is just a whole new world. That game looks bad, Ted. It looks bad. <laughs> it does
3: look, okay. Well,
4: granted, it does look like dog shit. So it's um, construction. It's just simulated. like, uni- <laughs> yeah. yeah. 2015. So it's ah. four years. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Um, but it's like, yeah, Unity assets everywhere. It's like not the most pretty game mm-hmm. you'll ever see. Um, but it's a lot of fun with friends. You just start up a company together. You just choose like arbitrary contracts, like building a house or or whatever. And it starts like really easy, like um, flattening someone's garden, like with a steamroller or something. And then you move up to more complex things like high rises, like football stadiums. And it's... Yeah, and it's not like like a uh, real simulator Like you're not building every aspect of the building It's more like, hey, fill this area with concrete Okay, now put these walls up Okay, now you built a high-rise It's like <laughs> It just kind of appears yeah. after you complete a certain amount of tasks But I don't know, I just enjoy it Like I'll throw in a podcast or an audiobook And just like build shit with a friend And it's such a good way to just waste some time Just so. so
2: funny Nice
1: yeah okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow judge much
1: I'm just like i don't know why but i'm like kind of intrigued i'm like should i buy this it, it,
3: it <laughs> has like no like post-processing or particles like it looks like from the screenshots it's just like model no, models nothing. in an engine <laughs> yeah. And once you once you complete a building, it
4: becomes like a single entity. So like you'll be like five feet away from the building, and like you're just hitting an invisible wall. Like you can't even like go and explore it or anything. You just you build it and you move on.
0: So yeah, that's pretty. Funny. I guess there's something to be said for like those simple games that we can play and sort of not really think about. You, I, uh, yeah, I guess. I love I, it. I'm
1: looking at it, and uh, I see you re- you reviewed this game. That's hilarious. yeah <laughs> <Ted. Ted. laughs> It, it merited a review. That's awesome. Can you give us a
0: Can you give us a a reading Absolutely. of Ted's review of Construction Simulator? Dramatic, dramatic, dramatic reading. uh
1: At first, this game wasn't on my list. I got it in a humble bundle for kicks <laughs> and realized it's an absolute blast with friends. Ted, were you just reading your review right now? <laughs> Once you get the swing guess, of things, yeah. completing tasks is such a satisfying feeling. that projects become increasingly complex. I'm going to rate this as <laughs> helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's my first
4: review of a review. That's awesome. So funny. Oh, and it amazing. also has uh Steam Workshop support, so you can download like Maseratis and just like cruise around <laughs> in this <laughs> shitty environment. It's awesome.
3: That's awesome. It's great. Uh all right, David, number three. Uh number three is uh Destiny 2. yeah it, it a fun game you know <laughs> um i played it when it. i played it for a bit when it came out um uh originally last last christmas um yeah same same and and it was okay like it was fine i, I played it and i got some loot and i killed some people and that was that was okay and, but really it's definitely one of these games that you need a crew to play with um and other people just kind of stopped playing. And so I, I ended up stopped playing it. Um, and there wasn't really a lot to keep me in, but, um, sort of like what you were saying with No Man's Sky. Um, I came back to it this year with the Forsaken release. Um, and they did this thing where they, uh, released the base game for free, kind of air quotes, um, along with, uh, Forsaken so that you could just, like, they gave it to everybody on, on BattleNet, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of got a, a whole bunch of uh, people I know, um, including Kaya, into uh, Destiny right there. And so a whole bunch of people were playing it again, and I got back into it hard. And uh, over the last year, they've been adding uh, lots of content and developing it all. Um, so there's a lot to do, or at least a lot for me to do. I think a lot of people still have complaints about um, there not being enough to do, but I'm kind of okay with it. I don't need... I don't need hours and hours and hours of gameplay out of that, or at least hours and hours and hours a day of gameplay yeah. <laughs> out of that. Yeah. Um, just because, um, you know, I, I, just don't have time for it. So I'm kind of happy to just like hop in and do a couple missions, uh, with friends and hop out again. It's kind of that like light MMO almost approach. Um, there's, there's, yeah, there's always something to do. Um, it's easy to just like squat up with friends. Uh, the gunplay is, just super great Bungie knows how to make a gun feel good basically um i've you know hours and hours and hours and hours of playing this game and just like shooting the just shooting the guns in this game feels amazing it's super fun to just run run around and jump and like you feel like a superhero in this game the controls are really tight and you you it is again kind of this almost you are a superhero and this game makes you feel like a superhero um, but still manages to kind of be challenging in certain ways. Um, even if that challenge is just like this guy's health bar is twice the size as the other guy's yeah. health bar, which is kind of enough, honestly, <laughs> in a game like this. Um, but the, the, the new areas and stuff they've added and the story that they've added, I mean, Bungie knows how to make things, again, Bungie knows how to make things feel grand and epic and uh the game itself is just beautiful to play and so it it's become my just uh you know katya and i will will sit here uh and just be like oh what what do you want to do tonight and we'll just kind of hop into destiny and just run a run a couple strikes or do something like that right like it's just this real easy like i can hop into it uh and just play it kind of game and it always just feels so good to play as you're as you're playing it unless you're playing Uh, their pvp crucible mode which is a fucking garbage (laughs) fire and never play it but other than that the 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 it's uh it's just this real like you know grab and go kind of gameplay that i like and you don't have to you know we can be at different levels and we can be at different points in the story and but we can just uh you can just squat up and just do stuff Together And I really really like that because it's easy to just kind of slot playing Destiny into a schedule. You don't really have to like map out a
0: chunk of time to play it or anything. So I just keep coming back to it. I, I fell off of Destiny 2 like real hard. I think the big thing was at launch, even if I was grouping up with folks, the majority of my time with Destiny 2 was spent solo, which was probably not the way to do it um like you said the the gunplay and it it just it's so tight and it feels so good like Bungie knows exactly how to how to nail guns like they 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 have that shit like on lock right um but yeah for me it was just like not enough variety in missions not enough variety in locales and Mm -hmm. enemy types i just like burned out so so fast and like i knew like oh i'm not gonna spend however many hours to go do a raid because a i don't have the group b i don't have the time and like i just felt like i was i kept chasing that carrot and ch- chasing like higher numbers for gear just for them to go up you know and it, yeah. I didn't feel like I was progressing for any real reason so yeah so i agree like i had the exact same experience and and now
3: though like because they've had a year of content and raids and all this other stuff to put out um like we, I, I had not done the raid. I still like technically haven't done like just the initial Leviathan raid, Right. Even though it's been years later and we're like way overpowered for it just because you have to have, you know, a squad of four or six even to, to do it. Um, but the, the nice thing about like not playing it for a year and coming back is that now we have very high power And so we don't necessarily need a huge group of people to go back and do those raids. And there is a year's worth of content for us to do. Um, which is nice (laughs) to, to go back to it and, and do all that stuff. But it's with these, with these kind of these MMO, I'm concerned about Anthem. This is kind of a tangent, mm-hmm. but I'm concerned about Anthem because oh, hey, right off who the- who has concerns about Anthems? Let's open our hands up. Because at first, it's going to it's gonna be the, I feel, the same problems it's, as Destiny had. is like It's going to be not enough to do, and it's going to be just a real grind, and you're going to just be chasing that big number. And then probably a year later, it's going to be great, but not a lot of people are going to be playing it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have yeah. to like and convince
0: sure. a group of friends to play it with you. Um, yeah, uh, I, I was very excited when when they first announced Anthem, but then when they're just like, it's going to be this open world, and you're going to be chasing – anytime a game is just like loot, I'm like, hmm, yeah, yeah. about that, though. Yeah. Uh.
3: Like, I have no doubt that it's going to be a fun game, and like, um people I've talked to have said, like, it, it looks great, and it feels great, and it's mechanically sound, and it's fun, but like, if I don't have a big group of friends who are willing mm-hmm. to play it daily, it's going to fall flat. So because
5: yeah. games
0: true. like that, you need to play with your squad. So yeah anyways, uh, let's, let's get off this tangent. let's get back to the matter at hand. Yeah. Uh, my number three <laughs> is Hollow Knights. Literally, it, it is just fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, developed and published by Team Cherry. Uh, originally kickstarted, they asked for, or, or they raised $57,000 Australian dollars, and I'm pretty sure they've sold a couple million copies of that game, so they're doing A-OK. How um, um, I many copies have so, they sold, uh, they, let, me, let me look at actual numbers. Uh, so as of July of this past year, they sold $1.25 million. Uh, 500,000 by November, 2017 surpassed 1 million on PC, uh, 11, June, 2018. So, so they're doing okay. Um, but Hollow Knight is fucking great. It is (laughs) this sort of 2d platformer Metroidvania. You're, you're this little insect person, little insect knight, and you're exploring this, this insect world. And it obviously draws a lot of inspiration from dark souls and things like Metroid, um, and it is just so fucking good. The, the, the handling is really tight and really polished and feels great. And like any good game, anytime I fail or anytime I die, I never think it's the game's fault. I always think it's my fault, you know, like, Oh, I didn't do this properly. Oh, I didn't memorize the patterns the way I should have. Oh, I didn't platform the way I was supposed to. And it feels just so good. And like the, 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 the thing that, that kind of like scares you at first is like, the you'll discover a new section uh, of the map, and you're just like, oh, oh, this is big, this is much bigger than I originally thought it was. And you'll go and you'll find shortcuts, and you'll find bosses, and the 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 character design is incredible. The, the writing is, is 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 kind of similar to a Dark Souls in that it's kind of vague, but but it's more upfront about ex- explaining the world and kind of what's happening there. Uh, but there's still quite quite a bit of mystery to sort of discover for yourself, and. As you move along, you'll hit roadblocks and you're like, Oh, why can't I get past this part? And like any good Metroidvania, eventually you'll discover a power and ability and like, Oh, now that I have this, Oh, can I use this here? And you'll like quickly, you know, try and double, double back and be like, Oh, now I can get over this part. And you'll discover this whole new area. And just that loop is really, really satisfying. Um, it, it can because because every every now and then i would i felt like especially early on i would get to a point i'm like oh i just don't know where to go i don't know what to do i i I just i feel lost but but after a while once you sort of have a better feel for that loop you're just like oh okay i'm just gonna put a little pin here on the map i can't get past this part i'll come back and then you just go and explore somewhere else um but yeah character design is is just so good um you have really really cute bugs you have really, really disgusting bugs you have really scary bugs and um it's just this the world feels real and everything is there for a purpose kind of like what from software does with their games right where where like the design and and the feel of everything is 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 purposeful and and is there to enhance the story and, and to really flesh out the world um, I, I spent a ton of time with Hollow Knight. I still have a little bit of the DLC to get through. Um, but I'm really excited to sort of make some time and, and jump back in and, and finish that up. Um, and all the DLC they put out for free, like, I think the support that they've given this game is absolutely fantastic. The soundtrack by, uh, Christopher Larkin is like mind blowing. It's so fucking good. I'll just throw it on when I'm writing or working on something and it's just, ugh, I can't say enough good things about Hollow Knight. I fucking love this game.
2: <laughs> I need to bust into that.
3: I watched, uh, I was watching you play that a lot over the, over the summer. Just, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at work. I mean, not while I was working that some other time when (laughs) you were (laughs) working. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. But no, one of the things that stood out for me, uh, like you said, it's just the sound design and the, the, um, not necessarily like the design of the combat isn't how it works, but just like how it feels. Like it's such a crunchy game. Like everything had mm-hmm. this weight to it. Like when, and it's funny because yep. you're this little bug, like bing, 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 kind of jumping around. And then you'd swing and it'd just be this smash of a swing. Right. And it, yep. it felt so good. And like you've. F- even though I wasn't playing the game or pressing the button myself, I felt like the weight that, uh, that is, you know, it was his, his punch would yeah. have or whatever. And it's just such yeah. a, it's yeah. such a crunchy kind of feel and effect. And they it's, did such a good job of that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I was actually listening to an interview with a couple of the, 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 the designers. I think it was, uh, Ari Gibson and William Pellin, but, but they were talking about how why is there knockback when you hit with your sword? Right. And like, so you you hit an enemy and your character gets knocked back to a little bit. And they, they actually found in playtesting that if they didn't have that, people would, would stand too close to an enemy and like take damage and get hit without realizing it. So it was one of those like simple things of like, oh, hey, this actually gives the game a lot more weight, but it also solves this problem of players not necessarily knowing that they're taking damage. Um So yeah, like you said, really, really crunchy and everything just feels good um as you're yeah. controlling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people need to play this game if they haven't already.
2: It's chilling in my Steam library. I got it with my Steam link, (laughs) and I still haven't played it because I'm terrible.
0: What's your number two? Uh,
2: Funny enough, it also has a two in the name. My number two for 2018 was Divinity Original Sin 2. Studio Studios. Um, this was in September of 2017. It was also kickstarted. Um, they had an original goal of half a million bucks and they achieved that in less than 12 hours. Uh, the fan base is wow. strong with this game. Like, Some might it say is rabid. Just a bit. Um, <laughs> so they ended up with a final total of $2 million and that is I feel like that kind of just speaks to how desired this game was um, mm. but divinity original sin 2 eked out no man's sky for second place by like a hair okay um, the reason why this is my number two is because the characters in this game are multifaceted they have these really complex backstories they have these agendas that they want to accomplish they have their own missions while they're in your party helping you get like go through your mission and they have really interesting perspectives to lend when you ask their opinions. And that was something that I had not experienced in a game ever. (laughs) And that was something very, very new to me. And I, I was impressed. It was just like from, from minute one, I was like, man, this is immersive. Like I'm asking these people their opinions. They're answering me. The music is beautiful, the environments are beautiful, it's just everything about this game had me from, from the first time I launched it. Um, the one thing that was really frustrating was the combat. I had never played a game like this, so the combat was really hard for me to get into. And for anybody listening that said, by the way, that the combat is just like Torchlight 2, you're wrong, <laughs> it's not, it's turn-based. And you're wrong, because <laughs>
0: so, uh, it's it's I guess what you would call like a CRPG, like a really really yeah, uh, it is a CRPG, like CRPG. almost like a Western sort of old school computer RPG. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, and you have like a character sheet, and you can put your stats into different things, and really like there aren't any any hard and fast classes. You can really play whichever class you want, however you want. Um, which I really liked. You don't you don't have to follow this like set path. Like oh well, if I'm rogue then i have to dump all of my stats into dexterity like you don't have to do that um and frankly i don't know like to me i think the reason why this landed at top two much like my pick for top one was just how immersive it was like Mm -hmm. i could throw headphones in and let like if i just threw headphones in and didn't look at my clock i would just keep playing yeah. And keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. Like, the first day, I think I put, like, 12 hours onto it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's my top pick. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Worth it.
0: But one of the, one of the big things with those games, like the Divinity games, at least the original Sin one specifically, is that, like, multiplayer is a core aspect of those games, right?
2: I didn't play multiplayer till later. So, oh, okay. I put... I don't remember how many hours I have in that game, but i I would say probably ninety nine percent of the hours I have in that game are all single single player. Interesting. Um, there is the option to like pull your friends in and play it all together, but I find that that's really difficult for new players, especially mm-hmm. because anybody who's played the game knows where all of the good loot is. They know who to talk to, how to advance the story forward, and if you're new, you're kind of just running around behind your friends. So. To me, I feel like it's more worth it to start in single player mode, mm-hmm. gather a party of NPCs and play that way. Cool. So, that's my suggestion.
1: Divinity Original Sin is a game that I definitely it's been on my wish list for a while. And I definitely want to pick it up, but I'm just I always I just think about the time commitment and I just know I can't give it what the time it requires. <laughs>
2: You don't have to do it all, all at once. And that's, <laughs> like, there's no, like, you know, in Stardew Valley, you can only save after the end of a day. There's nothing mm-hmm. like that. You can just save and be done with it. Like, I've played before for, like, 20 minutes and left to go do something else. And I don't feel like it interrupted this, the story all that much. So... Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Okay. My number two is Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which I still like the way they order that word. It should be Dragon Ball Z Fighters, but whatever. Developed by Arc System Works and published by Bandai Namco. Oh, I got two Bandai Namco games on here. I didn't even realize. <laughs> uh, you know, pros, it's easy to play, but it's hard to master. For sure. Uh, it's got a lot of nostalgia if you're a DBZ fan. And I just like the aesthetic, just the way the cell shaded. It looks like you're playing the actual show in a way, in a sense. It's not super realistic, but it's not like Street Fighter or, like, definitely not like Mortal Kombat, which is like. So graphic in, in a sense. <laughs> uh, I just, the, the art style of Dragon Ball Fighter Z is just, I just, I really like it. I just really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the things I don't like about it, it can get a little repetitive in terms of just, there's only so many characters that you fight against. They have a lot of characters in the game, but I do find that you'll fight in the story mode that I was playing. I found myself fighting different versions, colored, like color scheme versions of Goku. I'm like, meh. Meh. Uh, too many cut cut uh, cutscenes in the story mode, which I just I just don't have the patience. My attention mm. span is so low; I just can't sit there and watch five cutscenes in half an hour. I just can't.
0: Have you been messing with the multiplayer at all?
1: Nah, I'm not into getting my ass kicked online for these <laughs> kids with all their free. T- the only game I play online is uh, Rocket League, just because. I don't know. I should like. I know I'd be better at Dragon Ball Fighter Z if I played online because you know when you play real people, they just they just do things that the the uh, NPC won't do. So Mm -hmm. I I might one day. I just haven't done it. Yeah.
0: What 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 I'll say about that game is it looks stunning in motion. Yeah. Like it is. Yeah, like I, I'm trying, trying, trying to watch Dragon Ball Z now. Z, and it is it's a not fucking chore. Dragon, damn Canadian. It, it is a chore. And, and the <laughs> game looks a thousand times better than the show. Um, yeah. And Current, it, it's just, where it's, you it's, are yeah, currently. Just, just, yeah, it's stunning <laughs> watching what, what, what they've done with that game. Uh, Ted, number two. I think it was your number
4: four, but Stardew Valley. valley it was so damn good um i know you said the art style wasn't for everyone i absolutely love the art style i don't know if it brings me back oh, to like my childhood yeah. games or like something about it i just absolutely loved um there's lots to do um we were talking about no Man's sky where there's like not a lot of direction for you to go or they don't make it apparent of like which direction to go but this was kind of the same feel but you just explored around and then you found something to do. Like you found a cave and you start mining and then you start like gathering resources to build something. And like, there's just always somewhere to be and something to do, which I really liked. Um, and I think my, f- it's weird, but like, I think my favorite part about that game is that it's all developed by one guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he learned pixel art. He learned programming, he learned everything. And he just, he made this, such a special game like it's mm-hmm. it's
0: i think it's going to be one of my favorite games for the rest of my life like yeah. it's so cool yeah i think i think like one of the the big things for me this year was like 100 percenting the community center yeah <laughs> i was i was like because that gives you specific things to work towards right it's like oh catch this specific fish that you can only catch in this season on, on when it's raining between these hours right yeah. and it's just like okay I'm going to fucking work towards this. (laughs) And I mean, there were things like that where I did look up like the wiki page, like, okay,
4: how do I catch this fish? Like what the Mm, fuck? mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I had such a good time playing the entire thing. And again, like sitting down and playing that game, there wasn't any sense of like, ah, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be playing this right now. Like everything about that game was, 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 it brought me joy. And it was just like, even the guy that made it, was like is like the nicest guy ever, and like he's <laughs> yeah. living a great life now because of it, and like yeah, I
0: just also very handsome, Eric Brown, very handsome guy. guy. He's a handsome guy. He's oh, a looker.
3: I I met him just like super briefly at PAX a couple years ago. Okay, and nice. I was he's just like. He's just like shaking everybody's hand at his booth and he's just like, oh, did you like it? And people are like, I love this game. He's like, oh, thank you. Like, I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> like, he's just like so like just happy that people enjoy this game as much as he obviously does. And yeah, he, he was mm-hmm. really he seemed like a really, really nice guy. Yeah. So Yeah. it's the Mr. Rogers of the video game. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> what I find funny about what you you commented on the art style being kind of nostalgic from like your childhood and things mm-hmm. like that. What's funny is like I never played a video game until Skyrim. Mm. Oh wow! And so when I went into it, I didn't feel like I was missing anything by not having these like super HD, awesome mm-hmm. 3D graphics. Like I, I just I enjoyed it. It's visually pleasing, and I think, I think pretty much anybody can appreciate appreciate how beautiful that game is just with pixels. Yeah. Like yeah. it's pretty incredible what they were able to do. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And the soundtrack. Oh man, we've already talked about yeah. all this, but yeah,
2: yeah it's good it's good
3: it's It's a good good game uh David give me another good game at number two another good game uh was added super hastily and I've just been writing (laughs) notes here uh god of war that i forgot about it is absolutely one of my top games of the year and i am ashamed that i forgot about it um i had to borrow i don't have a ps4 so i borrowed uh a friend's ps4 and god of war and so i had like i had five days <laughs> to finish this to play through <laughs> and finish oh this my. game because i was like okay we're gonna do this i'm gonna sit down and play it because uh I forget what was coming out. I think Persona was about to come out and see. Mm-hmm. he's just like, you right. need to give that back to me when that comes out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to just crush this game out. But no, God, God of War, Um, it's, uh, it's. I mean, for starters, it's just an absolutely beautiful game. I mean, like even yeah. the, just like right from the moment you hit the main menu, it's just this beautiful thing and you hit play and it just seamlessly goes into the game. And immediately I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm in. Like, this is yeah. just gonna, yeah. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a great experience. And, um, I mean, just like, I, I, the camera work alone in that game deserves like its own, <laughs> um, um award basically because it just the way it just cuts in and or doesn't cut, I guess, to the point in and out of of combat and cutscenes and, and all this kind of stuff is just it just keeps you in the game so well and it it's just this really engaging experience. And the world itself, like I said, it's beautiful. Like I would just stop in some cases, I would just stop and look around. Like and not move mm-hmm. forward for a minute because I was just in awe of what I was seeing. Um just such a beautiful game. The combat itself Uh, we're talking about crunchy combat. That's got some crunchy combat too. (laughs) And, um, you know, just the, uh, you know, I mean, well, we said it before, you've got, you've got the hit and the effect of the hit and the particle and the sound and that everything goes along with it. It's pretty, pretty gruesome in compared to Hollow Knight, but it, uh, you know, it just has this really just every swing, even, even just, you know, if you're not doing like these big combos or abilities or something, just like walking up to somebody and taking a swing just feels really, really good. And you feel like you are this powerful, like God of War. But, um, the, uh, you know, the, the enemy design and the encounter design is so well done. Like it, it's not just necessarily this. I mean, maybe, maybe at like a lower difficulty, you can just run in and go, but like even at just their like default kind of like normal air quotes difficulty, um, you really do have to like think about how you're going to, you know, engage this encounter and what you're going to do. And you have to think about like how you're going to, how you're going to dodge and what, you know, abilities would be best to employ here and, and all this kind of stuff. Like there is, there is some depth to that gameplay and I, almost even to a puzzly sort of level of like, okay, okay, there's these. You know, there's this encounter of six enemies. How do I, you know, in what order and how do I defeat these kind of guys? Uh, the story itself, uh, pretty grand epic tale, but it's like overall, it's actually a pretty simple story. It's mm-hmm. just very heartfelt and well written. Like n- none of the, none of the major plot points really like. I mean a couple surprised me but really I wasn't super surprised by what went on. They kind of allude to things well enough you you pretty much see it all coming but it's just it's just so well done that I don't care. Like it's it's yeah, just really yeah. it's just a really well crafted heartfelt story and and you know I didn't think I would ever play it cuz I've played God of War games in the past but I never really cared about Kratos's emotional state. Yeah, but in this yeah. in this game I did and they and you know uh uh, I think that that was really cool that they were able to do that and make me think about, you know, who he is as, as a person, even in, even in just, you know, kind of a small way. And, and just by putting this relationship to his, to his son there, you know, he's not just this unified person. It's when you put the, the son next to him that you have to start thinking about him as an individual and who he is, which of course is the point of the story and, and what he's thinking about yep. as well. And also, speaking of boy, um, having having a follower who's actually fucking useful. useful. God, I love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's become the trend of NPC followers in
0: in yeah. games. Competent, useful, yes. actually a part of my combo. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I- and it's fun. It's funny because I had never played a God of War game before this, so I think it speaks to what they did with rebooting this franchise in that they got me interested and in, in playing one, and I actually really really enjoyed my time with it. Um, it's funny cause, cause we talked about that game last year when we were, we did our sort of most anticipated mm-hmm. list of 2018 and Chisulo, you said, uh, and I quote, I don't want to be sitting there with a controller in my lap watching cutscenes." And then I countered quote, that's what I want. <laughs> 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 but, but, but to be fair, I think that game kind of strikes a good balance between its narrative and and its action. Like there is so much fucking action in that game.
3: You, you are going The, the cutscenes, like they don't waste your time in that game. They, like the Mm. cutscenes, they, there is a purpose, like they, there is a narrative purpose to these cutscenes. They're not just there to like have people, you know, just talking to each other for whatever. Like they're, every cutscene is crafted to drive that narrative forward and, and it's really Mm. well done. And they, they get you back into the gameplay very quickly in most cases even if the gameplay itself is just it is just kind of a simple sort of like almost narrative in its own way like you're walking around this area to talk to a couple people or to grab a thing and bring it back to another person even even if the gameplay is that simple and it's not really the the main like God of War you're out fighting people gameplay they 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 pace that game very well so that you're coming in and out of those cutscenes so that it feels good um, I guess the last thing I'll say about it is just uh, I really did enjoy the, uh, upgrading and crafting mechanics that were a part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. they were like, there, there was depth there that you could go to. I really, I, I feel bad because I didn't get to do a lot of, like I said, I had a very short amount of time to play this game. So I played, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the main, like the main campaign and very little like extra stuff. And so I didn't really have a huge opportunity to really explore the rest of the world and um and uh like really get deep into the upgrading and crafting because you don't really have to do a ton of it to get through the main gameplay. Really it's it like it's the late game stuff of getting through the Valkyries, which are their kind of Valkyrie uh, fights, yeah, for sure. Their challenge their challenge fights basically in the game, uh if Mm -hmm. you haven't played it. Um you have to find these Valkyries in the world and and challenge them, and you need to be leveled up. You need to have yeah. the best gear and stuff to fight
0: these people or these Valkyries. Did, did, did you find the one realm that's sort of like the challenges as well, where it gets progressively and progressively harder?
3: I I, I did, but again, I didn't really engage with it yeah. just because it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't that's have fair. the time to. So, like, keeping in mind that like everything that I'm loving about this game, and I all I did was play the mainline story. Like I didn't even go mm. into like some of the wider aspects of this game. Like there's a lot of game there that I didn't even mm. touch. And it's still one of my top games of the year. Um,
0: yeah. It's, it's one, pretty, pretty special.
3: One of the things that I really enjoyed about the, the upgrades here um, and that whole system, and actually the, the same for Assassin's Creed Origins is just that like, it's just so straightforward and I've been in and playing tons and tons and tons of Mobile and or just generally live ops games where the upgrade system, they kind of in some cases overcomplicate it just to provide runway basically of content mm-hmm. and routes for monetization. And so, and I hadn't played a, a game like, like God, I played Assassin's Creed and finished it after I played God of War. And so God of War kind of stands in my mind more as being like this just really refreshing experience of just like, here's the thing I want to upgrade this is the currency I spend and that's it. It's not, you know, you're, you're not grinding for all of this stuff. You can, like you can, if you really want to level up your, uh, (laughs) level up your Kratos, which is, I don't know why (laughs) I said it like that, but, um, uh, you know, you, you will need to kind of go out of your way and do those extra things. But again, it's all like kind of narratively driven. And and so it's fine. so, playing those games are both just this really refreshing sort of like i'm just gonna upgrade this because i wanna sort of experience and everything that went into it if yeah if you haven't played god of war i highly
0: recommend it it's just a wonderful experience start to finish cool um my number two is a small game from unknown worlds entertainment um and that is subnautica This was another game that was in early access for quite some time. I remember trying to play it when it first came out in early access and it didn't really get its hooks into me. Uh, But I played so much Subnautica this year. It is an open world survival game. And that is not my thing. Like stuff like the forest and rust and all those other types of open world survival games. I'm just like. No, not for me. Um, but I'm a sucker for underwater stuff because I do I, I do like to scuba dive, and that was that's been a big part of my life. Um, so basically, you crash land on this alien planet. You, your big main ship is this huge flaming wreckage off on 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 the horizon of the this ocean planet, and you're kind of in your pod, and that's where you start. And then slowly, you just have to start like gathering resources, building new things, finding blueprints. And eventually you kind of get to a point where you start to feel safer and start to feel more confident. And you kind of start in the shallows and things are a little bit, you're just like, oh, I don't know what's out there. And it's just like, this is the wide ocean. And you start to discover new biomes and and things like that. And and new creatures, and the deeper you go, obviously the more fraught things become and the more dangerous the creatures become. Amy's shaking her head because she's just started getting into Subnautica and she's like, Nope, nope, these, <laughs> these fucking creatures.
2: I uh, went to the back <laughs> of that fucking ship and I got like chomped on. And then I returned that game. <laughs> I don't oh, even no. own it anymore. I don't even own it anymore. Wow. So Oh,
0: that's too bad because like like I said, Subnautica is literally one of the best games I've ever played. And uh, for for me, it was just such a satisfying loop. Like, we've talked a little bit about, me- about mechanical loops this episode and in like the loop of going out, gathering resources or getting a blueprint and being like, okay, this is my next milestone. This is the next thing I have to work towards and be like, okay, I need copper. Where can I find copper? Okay. I need this wiring kit. How do I make this wiring kit? Oh, okay. I need silver to put this together. And you start to build all these pieces, and you you start to build out your base, and you start to feel more in control. But there's always something just just outside your reach, something that's a little bit more powerful than you, something that's that you haven't discovered yet. And uh, the, the, I just fucking loved it. It was just the, the also the the narrative of that of that game is pretty interesting as well. There is a bit of a mystery that you're kind of uncovering as you're on this alien planet because the whole point is to try and get off of the planet. But there is so much that is keeping you from doing that and as you discover those secrets and as you figure that stuff out it becomes you feel like you're more in control or maybe not more in control but you feel more knowledgeable like i you know, started to get routes down be like, okay, if I need to make it here, this is the route that I'm going to take. Cause I know it's safe. And then you become intimately familiar with what's along that route. Um, you, you get these marker buoys and you're like, Hey, I'm going to set a marker here. I'm going to call it whatever. Cause I know I can get this resource here so I can always come back to this marker or like, uh, eventually I was getting so deep and my base was so far away. I was like, okay, I have to set up an outpost. I have to set an, uh, set up an outpost in this, you know, deep cave system, because I just can't get back to my base quick enough. And and I started like juggling resources between the base. I was doing fucking supply runs. I was doing fucking <laughs> supply runs between my base and like my deep outpost. And it, man, there, there's so much that I love about Subnautica. And I think they really nail the open world survival format in, in a really, really cool way in that it's not too much. You don't, you, you you can feel overwhelmed you can feel scared because you're out there by yourself um but it's it's you do eventually get all the tools that you need to solve these problems and it's the exploration aspect of it too is super rewarding also sort of like a not necessarily in the game but but what informed the game is during uh development and during early access people begged the developers hey please put guns in the game please put something in in the game to help us fight the the creatures and fight the monsters and they said no they said they, they quite literally took a political stance and they said like there's so much gun violence in the world we will not have it in our game hmm. so there are there are like things that you can use to disable like little emps and like torpedoes that will like disable creatures and you, you get like a drill arm on one of your fucking mechs and you can like drill a fish to death <laughs> but like th- th- there are no like guns and that's kind of refreshing and it's it's kind of a, a, a cool thing that they implemented uh, in subnautica. Um, but anyways, I love it. it's my number two.
4: It's a sharp sharp rise in drill crime
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna probably gonna go back I picked it up when it was free on epic. okay and so I felt a little less guilty. Not paying money for it, um <laughs> because i I would say probably even bigger than heights because I've mostly conquered my fear of heights. My biggest fear is open water and things that are in open water. Mm. So that game was already like really anxiety inducing. And then within the first like five minutes, just being completely demolished by this giant ass fish.
0: yeah, like, I, w- I was watching you when you started streaming it, and like, no joke. Five minutes into the game, Amy finds the apex, like, <laughs> enemy in the game. And I was just like, huh, huh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's it's so sad, though, because, like, those games are my thing. I love yeah. survival games. And I was like, man, this is going to be great because I've already gone through No Man's Sky. I feel like I've put enough hours into that. I can move on. Yeah, And then that. And I was like, <laughs> well, logic dictates when they're talking about this giant ship that just crashed that I should go towards it. If oh, I came to, off of that don't ship... Go, don't no, go to the
0: back. Don't, don't do go that. to the back of the ship. That's a bad
2: idea. I'm telling you right now, that's a bad idea. I'll, I think I'll, I have send, a clip of it.
0: I'll send you a yeah. map with like big red X's on it where you're not supposed to go. <laughs>
2: there you uh, go.
0: David, what were you going to say? Oh, just that I'm the
3: exact same way. Like Watching Titanic yeah. gives me anxiety. Huh? Really? Like yeah. I, am, yeah. I am horribly, yeah. horribly afraid of deep water. And, the lassophobia, I think it's what that's called. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. the lassophobia. And um, so... I like, I actually had another friend who loves that game and was trying to convince me to play it. And I was just like, no, I'm not, Mm -mm. I'm not ever, I'm not (laughs) ever doing that. Like I, I Mm -mm. refuse. So I I believe, I believe you, John, but I will never know firsthand what you're talking (laughs) about. (laughs) I didn't even want
2: to like get out of my pod at night. Because yeah. I couldn't see in the water. Like, that's, that's, that's how terrified you know I was. That's,
0: that's fine. Like, I got to a point as well where I'm just like, ah, I don't need to explore at night. Or 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 you know what routes are safe. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can travel here safely at night because I know there's nothing that's going to harm me. I would mm-hmm. I'd just but role you play. i at the fucking hard way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm too much of a baby, I think, yeah. for that game, but. <sighs>
1: I was gonna say I actually have to run like I have to go oh do yeah, so I was gonna do my number one real quick and then leave All you guys right. to do just bang bang it, bang it out real, real I'll quick I'll do my number so. one real quick you guys can take a break and then I'll, I won't be here when you get back okay alright uh, number one my number one is Dead Cells developer motion twin publisher motion twin this game came out earlier i think late 2016 early 2017 or something like that but it was in early access and it was officially released in 2018 most of the time i put into this game was earlier uh was when it was still early access and it's changed a lot in that time uh but i put some time in earlier in 2018 and i still love this game uh dead cells is like uh I don't know what to call it. Roguelite? Is that what is it's... Uh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess so. Mm-hmm. It also has some platforming in it, and there's some randomness to, like, the weapons you might get in a level. The levels are... The levels aren't necessarily randomized, like they would be in something like Binding of Isaac, but they are... The... The outli- uh Sorry. The outline. What is the word I'm looking for? The way the level is set up will change, but it's still like, oh, you're in the... The grassy area or you're in the underworld right. area but like you're in the sewers but it's all it's always the sewers when you get to that section but the out the outlay of that level might be different um,
3: is, it, is it like procedurally generated or or mm. the it's a set of layouts that they draw on
1: i don't think it's procedurally generated per se okay
2: i think they have like a set amount and it just kind of randomizes yeah. which one you get right. oh, okay
1: because you can, you always know, like, oh, if I go bottom left, that will lead me to the sewers. If I go bottom mm. right, that'll lead me to this area, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, like, even though the setup is different, you always know kind of where you're going um it has great controls and uh, the enemy types are okay <laughs> i would say the only thing i dislike is the timed gates because you have to get to certain gates before the time runs out and then you can get stuff And i just feel like i never make it in time like i rarely make it mm-hmm. in time and if you do rush to get to those gates then i find like i'm underpowered for the later levels and that just annoys me so all in all though I, it's a great game great game i picked it up for I don't even know how much, like $5 when it was early access, and I played way more of it than I thought I would, and they keep improving. So,
0: Just a really cool aesthetic, and like even the music is fucking spectacular in that game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh, Love it. I don't know if anyone else played it, but Dead Cells is my number one game of 2018. I've
2: watched it a lot, but I don't (laughs) know if I'd be any good at that kind of game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. Uh, I can't wait to listen to this podcast to hear your number ones.
0: But uh, Amy, what is your number one game that you played in 2018?
2: I'm going to get some shit for this.
0: Hot takes. Keep saying that.
2: I'm going to get some shit for Well, I mean, not the like bad kind, but just like the really, you played it for X amount of days. I got this game the day after Christmas and I played like 12 hours a day for four days straight because I didn't have... (laughs) Bash, Um, and anything else. Uh, My number one is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nintendo nice game released in March of 2017 I know John you mentioned you had this game listed last in last year's episode Mm -hmm. for a game of the year I think um and I actually did not listen to your thoughts because I wanted to know like what specifically you liked about it versus what I liked about it and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to repeat um intentionally or unintentionally or whatever so I mean stop me if you all have heard this one But that game is fucking incredible. (laughs) That game is fucking incredible. I've played it at least three hours a day since December 26th, 2018. I haven't put it down. For four days, I literally got up, made coffee, started the Switch, jammed on that thing until dinner time, and kept playing until I fell asleep. Wow. And I did that for four days, and I have (laughs) never done that with a game in my life, and... (laughs) I just, I was blown away. It was, it was how beautiful it was. It was the shrines that are difficult. It was figuring out all of these different characters and what they all mean to Link. It was the memories. It was like, just all of this, all of it was just amazing. And it was the, like, I just, I couldn't help but put it at number one. Because I've never played a game like this. I've never played a game that I was just immediately like, yep, this is, this is my favorite pick. Like literally out of any game that I played this year, I played this game for seven days and that was it. It's like, nope, this is number one for me. Um,
0: no, I was going to say Chisulo and I, we, I think we both put that at number two on our lists last year. Like it was like, it was a tough choice because we also played um, the Witcher three that year. Yeah. Um, so that I, I'm going to steal a phrase from Chisulo, but uh, <laughs> I think at one point he said, there's no fat on that game. Like it is everything that is purposeful, right? Yeah. Like the, 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 if you see like, you know, the whole like, oh, if you see a hill, you can go to it. If you see a mountain, you can go to it, but actually you can. And usually it's worth your time, right? Like usually it will reward you in some small way for your curiosity, which is such a good fucking feeling.
2: Yeah. And the thing that I noticed immediately from from second one of that game was you actually feel this immense panic and dread about saving hyrule which is a non-existent place like mm-hmm. it's not it's non-existent but it is so real and so palpable from the first second of that game and that's what i felt like really pushed it over the top for me was I actually am sitting here worrying about, oh, shit, can I actually do this? Like, mm-hmm. and if I don't, this is what happens. Um, the other thing, too, is, like, this was my first um, Zelda game. Mm-hmm. I would never played another game, so I was bringing up all these characters to friends who had played other get- Zelda games, and they're just like, oh, hey, like, I know how the- all that ties in. Like, um, you know, there are all these nostalgic things for other people that then, you know, I went on like a Wikipedia dive <laughs> and there's a deep like,
3: lore to the, <laughs> the Legend of Zelda universe.
2: I looked at apparently there's a timeline and the games that they released were not released in chronological order. It's all like, it's, I it's wacky, yeah. but I just thought it was really cool to be like, okay, well there's li- these like three, you know. Ocarina of Time happens, and there's these, like, three distinctive timelines that happen in this story, and Nintendo has, like, officially said, hey, Breath of the Wild is literally at the end of all of them, so, like, every single story, and it all gets to, I don't know, it just blew my mind, and I'm now going back to play literally every Zelda game ever, (laughs) and pretty much only for the stories. Cause I don't think it, any of them will live up to breath of the wild for me only because I haven't, I didn't play like Ocarina of time. I didn't play as a kid mm-hmm. when it would have been really formative for me. So I'm just going back pretty much for the stories and the experience. Um,
0: yeah. And what they do with the exploration in Breath of the Wild, I think is really special. And a lot of people have been copying yeah. it since and have been like, I'm sure in the next couple of years, we'll see even more games that, that sort of copy it. Just the fact that like, oh, here's a map, but we're not going to put a million icons on it. It's just like, no, you have to put your own marker where you yep. can see something and go and explore it yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, so like climbing a tower and exposing an area of the map doesn't show you everything. It's just like, oh, here's the geography. Now figure yeah, it I'm- out.
2: And here's like these general like sections of, of this particular area, but you don't know where because there's generally stables in in every single section, and you don't they don't tell you where they are. Um, they don't tell you where any of the shrines are. You have to kind of just like sit and look out with your with your telescope and be like, okay, well, there's one over there. I'll put a marker on it, which you can mm-hmm. do from your telescope. Um, what else did I? Re- I find. Um, I I thought the game, not only was it gorgeous, but I thought the different areas having their own feel was really, really interesting. Like, they they have specific things that you have to do to get through every area. So, like, there's a part where if you don't have the right gear, you're just going to burn up. And, or, like, if you try to climb a mountain and you don't have the right gear, you're going to freeze. And I thought that was really cool. Like, Skyrim was the only game that I had to compare to this game, and Skyrim didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know, I just, I thought it added, I thought it added a whole other layer to an already really, really good game, um, and I really liked that. I also really liked that the shrines could be difficult, like, like, rage-inducingly difficult, or, like, you would get them, like, Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. It was, like, one or the other for me, there was no middle ground for me, um, and I felt like the div- the v- Divine Beasts were a lot more reminiscent of, like, old-school Zelda Dungeons. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I talked to people who played them before, and they were just like, oh, yeah, that's, like, quintessential Zelda. Um, so, I don't know. I just, like... <laughs> it's everything about this game. Like, <laughs> I'm so, like, stupidly emotional about this game. But it yeah. is so good. Like, I'm literally... I cannot wait until we're done recording because I'm literally going to walk straight over there to my bed and play it <laughs> all day. Like, that's it. So, game of the year, Elsie says Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
0: Ted, what is the best game that you played in 2018?
2: Um, so there might be, again,
4: some recency bias here, but Minecraft... see you've been kind of getting out of it i've just kind of been getting into it with with my friend group um and we all just kind of like are building our own bases we're all just kind of discovering what there is to do in that game like adventuring wise um like we found the end we found the nether we we we're we're trying all the different biomes just like sailing out um and there's just there's just so much diversity and variety of what you can do in that game like you can literally do whatever you want whenever you want to do it um and yeah, I guess I'm kind of discovering that I like these games where you kind of set your own goals and you mm-hmm. kind of build or do whatever you want. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm loving it so far. I mean, I don't know how long it's gonna. I'm gonna keep playing it. I'm sure we'll all like get busy with our lives at some point, but <laughs> uh, for now, yeah,
0: there's no one in sight. It's like it's a lot of fun. So. It's interesting because that game came out in twenty sorry 2009 was its initial release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I always had this like
4: the, I guess kind of a a weird mixed feeling about it because whenever you think of minecraft you think of like an eight-year-old just like just yeah do you think of an eight-year-old playing that game and you're like i'm in a i'm a grown adult and i'm playing this like child's game but <laughs> it's it's a game for everyone i think yeah. that's why yeah. so many different people play it so
2: do you yeah. are you playing on a like with mods or are you just playing vanilla minecraft
4: we're just doing vanilla we just have our own realm oh, and man. we're just doing <laughs> vanilla Exactly. We haven't even gotten into mods yet either. So yeah,
2: like that's the thing is you you can you can mod the shit out of that game and make it definitely not for children. Not in like an (laughs) SMW way. Just like a there are these very specific like things that go together to make other things work, and it's just mind blowing. Like there's so many things you can do with that game.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I look forward to like trying all those different things out. But right now, I'm just having I'm trying to build a an underwater mansion. Uh, which is nice. really tough to do, not in creative mode. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I've got the entire building made and like emptied out of water, which took forever. Um. But yeah. So it's like my own project, and I'm just like, you know, you just do whatever you want. Nice. Nice. So
5: yeah.
2: Minecraft and podcasts. I'm telling you.
4: <laughs> yeah, and that too. Just like listening to shit as I play. That's mm-hmm. some
2: self care right there.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so David, I have a feeling our number ones are going to be the same. <laughs> you have to say it at the same time. Yeah, so this is just we're going to we're just going to end out with a 40-minute discussion of <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes on t- Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> you all know it. You all love it. It's Rainbow Six. another game released a few years ago, 2015 um, from Ubisoft Montreal. So was it released in 2015, 2015 December? It was a late release. Yeah.
1: What the fuck?
0: Um, All right, David, give me your rainbow thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you my rainbow thoughts. So it's kind of, kind of in how
3: like Assassin's Creed origins was the first um, open world game that I actually completed. This is the first, um, online multiplayer, like competitive multiplayer game that I've actually gone online by myself to play. Mm-hmm. Like before this game, I would never ever play an online shooter unless somebody else was like, unless it was like a group of us going online. Um, but this game, it got its hooks in me and I just needed to be better at it and play it and be competitive. Um, We've, we've talked about it. I know, I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, and I can only imagine it's also been talked about when I'm not on the podcast before, but, (laughs) uh, um, it's just got a really, really great balance of this, uh, competitive gameplay, but then also like level design and environmental gameplay as well. Um, you, sometimes you're playing against the map as much as you are playing against other players. Mm -hmm. Um, and and just the the whole the whole meta game of it of uh like needing to pick your operators and thinking of like good team compositions and going into that and like actually being able to jump in with a group of your friends and really play this like intense tactical experience uh is just wonderful um And like, even, like, even in the early days when you're getting dunked on because you don't know the map and you don't know, you know, how to control your gun effectively and all this kind of stuff, um, you still feel like you're participating because you can participate in that game in ways that don't involve killing. Yes. Um, so the skill curve in that game ramps up real quick. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have, you have to be on it immediately or you're going to get dunked on but that's kind of okay because uh when you die you're not pushed to the sidelines um you can still participate you need to run cameras you need to do that even before you die sometimes like there are operators whose utility you know with the special ability they use um like with rook you drop the armor panels and people pick that up and so you you've helped you've already helped you remember to do that you remember (laughs) to do that if you remember to do that but you know what i mean and like setting up a defense or like gaining information or doing something like there's always ways that you can help and you can participate that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the best twitch shooter in the room right you can you can still participate that and i think that that is one of the things that that game did really really well because it helps get new players into the game you can still participate even if you're just dying every five seconds into the round um the other thing that and I think this is the thing, the big thing that uh that got me into it is that I actually it reminds me a lot of Battlefield in a weird way in that you have like Battlefield is not a very really a very competitive shooter. You just kind of go into the world and do stuff, but you have these Battlefield moments where like something crazy happens and is this an intense thing like you run into a room and then and then a tank blows out the wall and you run out and you try to get you know it's shit's all happening that same kind of stuff happens in rainbow six like because the the maps are so destructible the gameplay um feels very different kind of every time you play it even though like you might have a team that's employing the same strategies every time the game. Itself, different things happen and you need to interact with that environment in order to in order to kind of overcome these rapid changes of people who are not reacting the way that you might think that they react. And so it's this really amazing thing where like the highlights of the game aren't just like a kill streak right you know how in cod you'd see the the kill streak run-ups where people get that but but in this like your highlight of the game can be that dope ass hole you blew in a wall <laughs> and then threw a grenade through right you know it, it, you get these really cool moments that that have that can sometimes have nothing to do with actually killing somebody it is just like how you're playing the game and how you're contributing to the team however much you can contribute to the team
0: yeah absolutely and, and th- th- that was the biggest draw for me as well because like I've never been great at online shooters and seeing Siege be this competitive online shooter, instead of like the tactical single player thing that I loved about Rainbow Six in years past, I was like, I don't want to play this. And I kind of held that line for a couple of years until I started watching, you know, our mutual friend Bubbles who streamed it quite a bit. And I started realizing, oh, there is a huge layer of tactics and strategy here. And when I realized Mm -hmm. I can contribute and be good at this game, even if I'm not good at shooting, that was where it it sort of clicked for me. And like last year when we did this, Rainbow Six was, I think, number three on my list. But that's only because I'd only been playing it for like maybe three, four weeks, maybe a month and a half or something like that. Um, But since then, so it's almost been like a year and a bit since I started playing Rainbow Six, I've sunk like 500 hours, maybe 600 hours into that fucking game and i'm obsessed like like i had a hard break cuz cuz you me ted our friend taylor and and shane we we uh put together an amateur esports team the where uh, we the, did so well we did we so did well. did great um <laughs> the uh t- team potato sack for uh, and we went into the open qualifiers for the canadian national tournament um and it was fun because we spent like a few weeks there just like practicing together just learning how to jive together and employing certain strategies. And I think we all became quite good at the game and we all kind of found our niche on the team. And that was like so much fun. Um, After we, we uh, got knocked out of that (laughs) tournament. I kind of took a really hard break uh, for quite a long time. Um, And only in the last month have I gotten back into it. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, I got the itch again and I'm just hard into it one more time. And have quickly realized, oh, this is why I love this game because it has such high highs and such low lows. Like I was playing the other day and I was just getting fucking wrecked. Um, Cause I was playing at, at probably a little bit above my, my weight class. And I just felt like such a burden on my team. And I'm like, I'm never going to play this ever again. And then I fired it up the next day, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those fucking games. And like, like specifically like playing with, with Ted, you can see the different play styles. Like Ted is, he can get into like a one-on-one gunfight and win because he has that ingrained knowledge and ingrained skill from stuff like counter-strike. Right. Whereas I'm like, no, I gotta be sneaky. I gotta shoot this fuck in the back, you know? (laughs) So so like I need to use map knowledge, right? I need to use my, my Mm -hmm. knowledge of what that operator can do, how that operator is going to approach things and be like, okay, I'm going to use this character who's sneaky. I'm going to use cameras to get Intel. I'm going to relay that to my team. Like, I did this play the other day that was so satisfying. And all I was doing is I was leading a drone in front of my team. I was droning out rooms. (laughs) I was literally sitting behind cover, looking at my fucking cell phone as I was droning in front of them. And literally it was just like, I would drone in. I'd be like, okay, you got so-and-so hard left on this corner. You got so-and-so hiding behind this feature here. And my team just came through and fucking wrecked them all. And like, that's all I did that round is give them information. And I felt like the MVP. You know, like that, that is such a good feeling. Like I, my, my score was like zero, zero, whatever. Right. But like, I fucking felt so strong and and like felt so accomplished being able to do that for my team.
3: Yeah. There's, there's, um, the, the idea of roles that you play on the team and, uh, like, yeah, you were the guy who just found cameras and you have you had zero kills that game but you're right you were probably the mvp because they weren't going to get those kills without you and that's mm-hmm. such a that's such a cool thing that you can have in this game right you know if you watch any of the uh um pro league stuff that they do like there are like it's weird to think that in pro league there are totally players who get like one kill a tournament right and yet they're one of the, like the, they're an integral part of the team because they are just doing something that is required for everybody else to win and get those kills.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and I guess the last, the last sort of section I have to say on it just has to do with their, uh, their live ops and their content releases and stuff. Like they decide this game did not launch great. No, it, it had like, <laughs> like, I, I remember
0: people being like, oh, this game is like, dead in the water like no one's gonna play this It's done and through apparently just
3: sheer force of will they brought (laughs) this one back from the grave but just because they said no we're just gonna release operators for it and they just did and they kept supporting it and so now they have this this library of characters and each of the characters have such like flair and flavor to them right you you um it gives you this really high sense of like relatedness to the game because you can kind of pick the character that you feel represents you. Like if, so not only are you mechanically playing a role on the team, you're almost doing a, a, a bit of role playing like mm-hmm. in an RPG, a almost typical RPG fashion in this shooter, because each of them have different weapons and abilities and even just looks like they just look different and have a different backstory. And so if that's the thing that you want to get into, yeah, um, you can do that. You can play a character just because you kind of like the look of them or yeah. whatever. Um, plus again, all the back, all the backstory to them. Like there's this weird, like huge history to this game and like all the characters and stuff that if you feel like getting involved with, you can and, and, stuff like that is what I think has helped really cultivate like this major community engagement, which um, uh, like it has this huge online community, right? Of mm-hmm. people that are very, very invested in the game, sometimes in a salty way, but like they're invested, <laughs> they're invested because they are invested. They wouldn't be salty unless they cared about it. So um, it, uh it is just this like amazing, like retention increasing thing to have all these cool stuff. Plus like if, if you feel like role playing a certain character or, or a certain role or anything like that, like you have these characters that have that, that history and that flavor sort of built in, but then you, you got them skins and you can yeah. put those skins on and, and make that character kind of your own in a way. And there's kind of a funny thing that goes along with that. Like I love playing Lumberjack Buck. Mm -hmm. with a now a gingerbread gun skin because that just (laughs) seems like the most like wonderful thing to me if he's just like here's your present and it's a grenade and that's you know you know there's just you can you can do silly things in that game and you can take it very very seriously and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you can you can play in that game that doesn't necessarily have to be just grinding out killstreaks
0: yeah like sometimes i want to be the scary lady who paints a skull on her face and interrogates (laughs) you with a knife at your throat (laughs) or sometimes i want to be everyone's dad legion who wears cargo shorts and sneakers and a toothpick in his mouth and play a little bit more defensively you know like
5: yeah yeah,
0: it's just it's so great and like i just bought like the the, quote-unquote legendary skin for iq who is like she's not super strong in the meta but like I think it's one of the best legendary skins ever because it's like this. It's totally
3: eight- one of the best legendaries. It's like
0: this <laughs> 80s themed, uh, West Germany like jogging outfit she's wearing, and she's got like the yellow headphones and like the yellow like uh, cassette thing for her like gadget. Walkman. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Um, Ted, I I know you're not playing a lot of Siege recently, but but um, what what do you think about it and our discussion here?
4: Yeah, no, I mean I it was my. Number four, just because, like, I felt like, I don't know, I've had it for so long. Like, I remember trying it with Bubbles when it first came out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I just think it's evolved so much as a game, and it's really come into its own as far as employing strategies that that overtake any, like, aiming skill. Like, that's the most important part. And that's the part of it that I really appreciate is that I get to play – because, like, even you said, like, you're not the best aimer, but, man, like, I'm sure playing Dota 2 and just, you know, being a smart human in general – you're really good at coming up with strategies. So it's so fun to play with a bunch of different people that have different play styles and they can all come together and just make it work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going cl- I'm,
0: to, I'm just going to clip that part where Ted said, I'm a smart human and I'm going to use that <laughs> as my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> use it. Uh, that's um,
4: amazing. But Yeah, no, I've, I have been kind of out of that game for a few months. Um, but I'd be down to get back into it. If you guys like want to start playing it again, I mean, I okay. really we're, not we're, all, it we're already playing
3: it again. No. We're yeah, in so. already we're in, in it. it. I, in like
4: it. I, I get to a point where like there's operators that I've never even like I don't know them, mm-hmm. and I'm just mm-hmm. like ah, I'll just stay out. Still, like it's almost <laughs> like there's like too much going on in the game now. But I don't. I don't think that is a huge, huge focus. It's definitely like something to pay attention to.
0: But in the day, I can still play Twitch and do just as good of yeah, for sure a job. You know. <laughs> And, and I That's, think that that learning curve is one of the things that appeals to me because I can be like, okay, this this is an operator that I've used before, but I'm not like the best with them. And I can like watch a really good like YouTube breakdown. It's like, hey, this is how to master this operator. This is how to use them in the current meta. Um, and that stuff feels really rewarding. Like I, I started playing a lot more Valkyrie and what Valkyrie does is she has these cameras that she can throw. So you have like set static cameras when you're on defense and people know where they are because they're the same place every time on the map and people shoot them out if they're good and know what they're doing. But Valkyrie has this ability just like, oh, I can just throw a camera here and you can watch tons of videos on like where to hide them. What's a good hiding spot so that people don't, you know, see this Valkyrie camera and shoot it out. And I've been getting – a little bit into that and getting a little bit tricksy with like, okay, if I hide it here, we can get really good coverage on their approach from this angle and get lots of information. And I can do a run out or, and, and try and pick off a couple. And like, that is just super satisfying. And like, I've used mm-hmm. a in the past, but it's only now that I'm getting a little bit more competent with her. And that just feels good as a player. Yeah, for sure.
2: I want to get into that game so bad, but like, I've also been trying to learn Dota 2 And I feel <laughs> like if I do that in school, I'm just going to like,
0: and burn yourself out. Yeah. It's gonna. Yeah, I will burn <laughs> myself out. But
2: yeah, that's okay. Someday.
0: That's it. I don't know. Does anyone want to add anything about the the best games that we played this year?
2: I like that all of us were like emotionally invested in our, our number ones. Like we all yeah. got visibly yeah. animated when we were talking about our number. You, you all can't see that, but we were all like gesticulating and really excited <laughs> and smiling. Yeah. So that was cool.
3: Um, yeah. I guess. I guess I. I was. Intru- I was it's it maybe not that interesting, but I found that like a lot of the games I was thinking of, um, that came up as my personal favorites for game of the year were like, um, so like Battlefront, Destiny, uh, Rainbow Six, like these are games that, like, this year was the year of me wanting to play games with my friends online. Uh, like those were <laughs> the top games for me. And I actually, the thing that God of War bumped off the bottom of the list was actually Ghost Recon Wildlands for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that game, um, I guess now in honorable mention territory uh, (laughs) is, uh, um, like you, it doesn't matter how long anybody has been playing it. You can just log into the game. It doesn't matter who's unlocked what part in the story, and like. Taylor, who has played most of the game, and me, who's played some of the game, and then our friend Chris, who had literally just installed the game, all jumped in a helicopter, went to a province that none of us had been to before, and just started playing the game, right? Yeah. And it was just very easy to to jump and get to. Like, you're not upgrading your damage and stuff. Like, you just pick the weapon you want to use because you just like that gun, and that's mm. kind of it, right? And so games like that... Um, are just really, really nice. It's just nice to play these games where you can just, like, fuck around with your friends, basically. And that's that's the point of them.
0: Yeah, it's funny because in the last couple of years, I've really noticed that, like, game time is now social time for me. It's like Absolutely, either I'm streaming yeah. and talking to people while I'm streaming or I'm playing a game and I'm talking to my friends, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so
3: the... um, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this before, but the point of the dry run, the actual core purpose is that, like, the the four of us who are on the dry run, uh, stream, we, um, like we are all like very close friends back in Lethbridge, but then of course, you know, we grow up and we move to all these different cities and the purpose of the dry run was literally, we just wanted to stream so that we had a set evening every week where we are going to play games together. Like, and that is our set day that the four of us are going to get together and we're going to play games. And, and that's kind of, kind of it and so we end up just naturally playing these like <laughs> group squad games because yeah you know that's we we want to play these games together and and those games are just really it's just nice yeah you can take it as seriously or as not seriously as you want with any of these games by the way we all have to play hide and go sledge sometime in rainbow Six. <laughs> oh yeah
0: that's good <laughs> of that, yeah um but yeah, so I, I think that that's probably gonna do it for us. I guess do we want to run down our lists really quick? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do I'll do uh, just Sulo's really quick. Uh, his honorable mentions: Hitman 2, NES Classic, Rocket League, XCOM 2. At number five for him: Overcooked 2, uh, Mario and Rabbids, Kingdom Battle, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. At number three: Number two, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and number one: Dead Cells. Amy, what was your list?
2: Uh, honorable mentions: Stardew Valley, Moonlighter, and Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, Number five, Kinseed. Number four, The Forest. Number three, No Man's Sky. Number two, Divinity Original Sin 2. And number one, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
0: Uh, Ted.
4: Honorable mentions were Celeste, God of War, and PUBG. Um, My number five was the Jackpox Party Pack series. Uh, Number four, Rainbow Six. Number three, Construction Simulator 2015. (laughs) Should be at number one. I don't know why I put number three. <laughs> uh, number two was Stardew Valley, and number one was Minecraft.
3: Uh, David. Uh, my honorable mentions are um, Arena of Valor, Dawn of War 2, Company of Heroes 1 or 2. Choose either one. Hitman 2. Um, and then, I guess, also adding Goldstreak on Wildlands last minute to the honorable mentions list. Uh, and then my top games are 5, Battlefront 2, uh, Four is Assassin's Creed Origins, three is Destiny 2, two is God of War, and number one is
0: Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, And for me, honorable mentions Dota 2, Far, Lone Sales, um, and all the other AAA games that I played this year. Um, And number five for me is Grease, number four, Stardew Valley, number three, Hollow Knight, number two, Subnautica, and number one, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, so folks, I think that's going to do it for this, uh, epically long (laughs) game of the year episode. Uh, so thanks for joining us folks. And thank you to all my co-hosts for, for being patient and kind, um, and, and getting through this with me. Um, if you want to discuss the best games that you played this year, a great place to do that is the Shelf Games Discord server. And the link for that is in the uh, show notes. Uh, you can also send us uh, email, gmail.com and find the podcast wherever you get your shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or shelfgames.com slash podcast. We're on Twitter at Shelf Games. I'm at John underscore tab. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Just search for Shelve Games, twitch.tv slash Games. And music for the show is by Zed Ion, who you can find on SoundCloud. Ted, where can people find you?
4: Uh, railcar creative on
0: Instagram awesome awesome and Amy where can people find you
2: I am also on twitch at twitch.tv slash lady commander I'm also um you can find me on Twitter at lady commander TV
0: cool uh, and you're doing some extra life stuff coming up here right
2: tonight which Ooh, will be yesterday yesterday
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah every every Sunday is gonna be an extra live stream like dedicated extra live stream and then once a month we'll do a 12 hour marathon
0: Awesome. Oh wow. wow. Okay. That's that's ambitious. Um so every Sunday for the for the year?
2: For the year, 52 wow. streams. We're doing Damn. it live, folks.
0: Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Very excited for that. Um and David, where can people find you? Uh com. Uh all my social
3: links are on there and some other stuff that I'm doing as well, uh, like the Monday Mobile podcast. Um, which we're going to be starting up again for the new year pretty soon here, and mm-hmm.
0: then uh, streaming every Thursday on the underscore dry underscore run. Awesome. Well, thanks again, folks. Uh, and that's going to be it uh, for this week. I think we'll try and come back maybe next week with the show looking at the stuff that we're most looking forward to in 2019. So look forward to that. Maybe get in some, some of your own suggestions for what you're looking forward to as well. Uh, but that's it. And we'll see you next time. So until then, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. As we used to say in the army, good enough for government work. <laughs> <laughs> Government's
2: um, a sore subject for uh, for anybody in the US right now.
4: Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, no shit. And when we were driving down to the States um, for New Year's, the guy at the border was just like...
5: <laughs> are you I could sure? definitely tell
4: he did not really give a shit. Yeah. And we were just like, So are you getting paid right now? He's like, No, I'm just a glorified like America greeter. We're like, oh, yeah. oh Jesus. Hey. Oh. Well oh, that uh, sucks. how
3: about that border security? Talk to you soon. Yeah. I, I heard like a yeah. lot of
0: TSA agents were like calling in sick and stuff as well. <laughs> so like you know, flights are probably all fucked up and mm.
2: Yeah. It's a nightmare. Anyway. i we real all stoked.
0: It's all
4: security Ooh. theater anyway. Only a year or two of that, and then you're uh, good to go. <laughs> Did he say a year or two? For what? Trump being shut down. Government.
2: He said he was just going to let it go as long as it as Yeah, yeah like, right. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time before we're just looting everything and murdering each other, so whatever.
0: Ah, uh, d- <laughs> the decline of empire. I know it well. <laughs> <laughs>